0: Are you ready? Hell yeah. Let's turn on the tunes. Okay, baby, okay.
1: Aaron, have Am you I heard wrong? of a no. shower orange? Is
2: that
3: a hat? it's so stupid. Uh, have I didn't you ask done you. it? Is
2: it an orange eat in the shower? Excuse
3: me. Yep.
1: <laughs> okay. Have you heard of it?
3: No, I don't understand. Why is it... You just take an orange and you eat it in the shower.
1: I'm trying to get Aaron to do some more audio so we can hear his voice.
2: I've eaten eaten things in the shower. I've not specifically had a shower orange. I've I've eaten a bagel in the the shower.
1: shower. (laughs) what? What? Okay, Aaron first. Sometimes
0: when you're really depressed.
1: Okay, Kylie first. What are you Uh, eating
2: in the shower? I feel like I've had... I've had a shower ham before.
1: Ham? A ham? What? Yeah. Like it, like how a piece of much hammer. ham?
2: No, like a full ham. What the same night cooked? I had a bed ham, too. It wasn't a good night. <laughs> you just ate
1: ham all night. I'm very you easy. just started eating dinner and never stopped <laughs>
0: until you were asleep. <laughs>
2: We watched the It's Always Sunny where they made a rum ham and we tried to replicate it. It didn't turn out well, because it turns out that doesn't soak up very well.
0: I learn so much about you every so time I meet turned, to you. So me they
2: do. So then I was committed to the idea, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to take a shower, but I'm going to take the ham with me. And then I'm like, oh, a bed ham sounds funny too, so I'll try that. I really wish we were
3: actually recording our episode. I
2: don't know why you're not. <laughs>
1: Can we pause, listen to this, and then keep recording mm-hmm. on the same track? No, yeah. god damn it!
0: But we can start. Hi, friends. My name is Kylie. We're gonna go yep. with it. But we're yep.
1: not. We're not checking errands.
3: Oh, you want me to check? It no,
1: I'm sure it's fine.
3: I'm Kenzie. I'm Alex. And this week we actually have a special guest star. Um, my boyfriend, Sari, is here.
2: Real name is Aaron. Real name is sorry. Not important. <laughs> also, my dog's here. She won't be talking too much. She might. She,
3: she might,
0: gets she a might. little sassy. Um, and this is Accusing, Boozing, and Cruising, a podcast where we're going for a little drive, doing a little drinking, and talking a lot about spooky and scary shit that goes bump in the night. A little pre-warning, there may be stories... <laughs> a little pre-warning... <laughs> There may be stories that may be too graphic or may have topics that might make you uncomfortable. We are also not promoting drinking and driving, so if you plan on drinking, make sure you have yourself a designated driver to get you where you need to go.
3: This week, um, we're actually recording it again, so we recorded half of it last week while we were pre-gaming to go out, and we got real drunk. And it was a good time and then it didn't save. So we're actually Whoops. having to re record it. So we
1: got all the way through my section after like forty minutes.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, of lots of really good roller coaster reminiscing. <laughs> uh, the new name of our podcast. Roller coaster reminiscing. It's our, gonna be our
0: like side side track. Yeah. You know? Ah,
1: track? Huh. That's a roller
0: coaster <laughs> phrase. Oh wow. So funny. Wow. Okay. Um, so, so we yeah.
3: didn't actually get to hear any of like the the stories that Kylie and I are telling. So yeah. that'll all still be like really genuine reactions.
0: Yeah, I mean, so the good news behind that is we get to <laughs> we get to drink the the state drink again. And Mackenzie didn't like it, and I, I mean I tolerated it, but it wasn't my favorite. It's real bad. So we'll get we'll get those reactions again. And sorry is also Aaron is also going to drink <laughs> with us.
3: <laughs>
0: um, but do you guys have any updates before we drink?
1: No, that was pretty much it. We had no?
3: Friendsgiving
0: today. Yeah, we just ha- yeah. Thanksgiving was yesterday. No, two days, two days ago. Um, our Thanksgiving went well. <laughs> I spent it at Alex's house, and it was a lot of fun. And you guys spent Thanksgiving together too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Pretty
3: uneventful. Yep. Yeah. At Aaron's sister's
0: house. It's um, but yeah, we did have Thanksgiving today, and um, I have we have been drinking for hours. For hours. I think some of us more than others.
1: Alcohol level twenty (laughs) five percent. What?
0: No, that's really high. You'd be dead.
1: Uh, That's yep. That was the joke. Yep. You got it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) On the nose. Nice. Um.
0: So if this week's episode is a little all over the place, that is why.
3: This week's drink is the Buckeye Martini, um, named after the beloved Ohio State University mascot, Brutus Buckeye. This cocktail is simple and to the point—a mix of gin, dry vermouth, and a black olive. It's the perfect tribute to the effortless state. Um, this this drink is alcohol mixed with alcohol. It is so much fun. It's I am so excited. I almost threw up last week when I drank <laughs> it. So
0: here we go again. Should we tippy tappy and get this show on the road so we can hear tappy. roller coaster facts? Tippy <laughs> tappy. Well, that was more than oh, one tippy tappy. Yep,
1: I definitely got some. <laughs> Gin and vermouth on my notes. Very nice. <clears throat> it just... <laughs> makes it more authentic. Who wants to hear some shit about... Oh, it, just, oh. it, just,
0: ah. it just tastes like rubbing alcohol. What do you think, Aaron? It
3: Tell us.
2: tastes like a nice, refreshing juniper drink. What is that?
3: You're not welcome. <laughs> <laughs> What's a juniper drink?
2: It's gin. it's a gin is. Oh. Uh,
0: it's juniper. not oh. good. It makes my ears warm. Yeah. Oh. Like yeah. right here.
2: Cool, that's mm. fun.
0: Makes me want to throw up.
2: I, I'm also the type of person who can sip on scotch, so I'm a, a bit more prepared for this drink. <laughs>
0: Rude. I'm All having
2: right. a ginger ale.
0: Same thing, right?
2: Yep. It's
1: so spicy. Ouch! Wow. Hot. <laughs> a
3: little
1: better blow on it to cool it down. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, let's hear some roller coaster, roller coaster facts. Effect. Okay, we're not... <laughs> well, it
1: was so early in the episode. <laughs> That's so funny because last time we recorded this, they celebrated. They said we didn't say the same thing at the same time and freak out like we usually do this time. And here we are, roller coaster facts. Woo! But not yet. That's not until later in my section. <laughs> But well, I'll run through the other stuff really quick since you've already heard it all and it's really boring anyway, because Ohio. I a mean, Aaron
0: stuff. hasn't heard it, so he'll give you his genuine reactions. I don't know
1: okay. shit
2: about roller coaster facts. Well,
0: he we're will not there give yet. you the
3: shit about roller coaster <laughs> facts. <laughs> Alright, let's get into it.
1: Okay, sip complete. Time for some facts. Ohio was admitted to the Union in eighteen oh three as the seventeenth state. Its capital and, large and largest city is Columbus, Ohio. And fuck Christopher Columbus.
0: Fuck him. He also says fuck him.
1: <laughs> it is. <laughs>
2: they all say fuck him.
1: It's the 34th largest state and the 7th most populous. Its nicknames are the Buckeye State, which we'll get into, the birthplace of aviation, and the
0: heart of it all. But we discussed last time we tried to record this that it was not the heart. <laughs> It is not no. in the no. middle.
1: I just think that's one of those state nicknames where every state has like a few nicknames, right? And one of them is always just basically a different way of saying our state is the best state.
0: Right.
3: It's like super east though.
0: But isn't your heart yeah. on in your left? No.
3: Um. It's in the center of your chest.
2: If you're looking at <sighs> someone, their heart's to the east. So if you're it's looking a at little someone, to your, the their left. heart could be Ohio.
0: Yeah. I, I'm, I'm We're running it. with that. We're yeah. running. It's fine. I hate it, but we're running with it. All right. Thank <laughs> you, Aaron. Thank you. No, shut up. Thank you, Aaron. These are the things I
2: bring to the podcast. Yes.
1: <laughs> Controversy. And, and yeah. for the record. Fights. I didn't actually know this. It's called the birthplace of aviation because that's where the Wright Brothers did that thing where they flew yeah. the first airplane. We
0: looked that up last time because yeah. we weren't sure. Um,
1: also... Oh. There's a lot of uh, astronauts from Ohio. This was another point of discussion <laughs> last time we They don't have
0: the most astronauts. New York, New York does. does, but they had like 28. I thought. 26. I think it's
1: like seven percent of all astronauts. Yeah,
0: five. Are from I thought it was five. Ohio.
1: <laughs> five or seven percent of How all astronauts.
0: Nine. From New York.
1: <laughs> From Ohio.
0: Wait, of all astronauts in the U.S. or all like the whole yeah. world?
3: The U.S. It's the US. a really small number. Yeah, no, it is not that much.
1: It well, yeah, but but a percentage of all astronauts wouldn't. Never mind.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> we're we're All right, here. moving on.
0: Oh, it's our shy, 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 okay? shy sidetrack shenanigans. Yes. Okay.
1: So, the demonym for an Ohioan, if you don't know, a demonym is the name for
3: <laughs> jeans. Boots with the fur?
1: (laughs) The whole club was looking at her? (laughs) She got the jeans with the jeans.
3: (laughs) With the jeans. (laughs) Who do you think will finish their drink first?
1: Kylie's frowning very bigly right now after she just took a sip. (laughs) Now she's laughing because I said bigly. It
3: just makes me
1: warm. It just makes her warm. It just makes
3: me feel gross.
1: Okay, a demonym is the name for a person from a place. So we're Washingtonians, which means we're from Washington, which means our demonym is a Washingtonian. Uh, the demonym for an Ohioan is an Ohioan.
0: Ohioan. <laughs> <laughs> Ohioan.
1: <laughs> or a Buckeye, which we'll get into. The word Ohio comes from the Seneca word, the Seneca words Ohio. <laughs> Which means good river.
0: Ohio! <laughs> That's how you need to say it. Ohio! Ponyo, ponyo, ponyo. Fishy no. <laughs> the
1: The word Ohio comes from the word ponyo. <laughs> <laughs> no, it comes from the Seneca words Ohio, which means good river or great river or big old body of water, basically. Big
0: old water. They no ol' water <laughs> You yeah,
2: have the thickest water
0: in Ohio
1: <laughs> Thank you, Aaron It's a reference to the Ohio River um, Ohio is an industrial state It's the third largest manufacturing sector in the U.S. And the second largest automotive manufacturing sector Second to Michigan Because Detroit Because automobiles Which we didn't really get into that much last year Despite me being a Michigan mm, last fan Last time, last episode And a car fan
0: not last year. <laughs>
1: Not last year. Last episode. Yeah, they, they build a lot of shit over there. <laughs> and all I wrote for my notes about the explanation of Buckeyes, I just wrote Buckeyes.
3: They're poisonous?
1: Yes, they are. They're, they're, I know that. A Buckeye is the fruit, which is very nut-like, of the Ohio Buckeye tree, which is a big old tree that's very popular in Ohio and it's the, a lot of parts of the Midwest.
0: the... Mackenzie finished her drink. I finished my drink. The bark is poisonous, and like, aren't
3: the leaves poisonous? Um, and... The
1: bark of the young trees oh. and leaves are mildly toxic.
3: I didn't um, want to have to drink it anymore.
1: Okay. And the nuts. <laughs> We're of,
3: talking about trees. The nuts of the big daddy trees
1: are poisonous, and the buckeye nut, when it's dried, it is just a. It's a big black, not big black. <laughs> it's a brown uh, ball. <laughs> About the size of a golf ball. I think a little smaller.
2: <clears throat> Any a, size. With a
1: lighter lighter brown spot in the middle of it. So it kind of looks like an eyeball. I don't like. I don't know why they're so obsessed with them.
0: It's probably they're just because like, there's edible. a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, it's just because they're all over the yeah. place. And the mascot for Ohio State is the Buckeye. And we found some pretty cute pictures of him last week. So we'll post them. Oh, yes. Yeah.
3: We'll do another poll. The
0: Ohio of State Buckeye. Um,
3: we'll pick our favorite picture of him. And then you guys can choose... Which one your favorite is? You better write this down, because I'm going to forget. I'll tell you. Okay.
1: (laughs) Buckeyes are also heavily featured... Well, not heavily, but sometimes featured in (laughs) Calvin and Hobbes comics. Mediumly.
3: (laughs) Sometimes. They're in there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because uh, the writer of Calvin and Hobbes grew up in Ohio. Calvin is seen throwing them at people, and I think he shoots them through a slingshot as well. So that's where the term Buckeye comes from. That's why they're called the Buckeye State. That's why Ohioans are called Buckeyes and Um, Any further Buckeye references will be in reference to that one nut. Including this story I'm about to tell.
0: Sometimes you're a nut and sometimes you're not. Wow. (laughs)
1: That's (laughs) Thank you. That
0: was beautiful. (laughs) You're welcome.
1: Okay, this story I'm about to tell. (laughs) My family makes a lot of no-bake cookies every year for Christmas time, which is coming up, by the way, in case you didn't know.
0: Get us gifts. No,
1: (laughs) don't do that.
0: Send it to our PO box. We don't have a PO box. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, My family makes a lot of no bake cookies, including Buckeye cookies, which are like this chocolate or this like peanut buttery doughy, delicious ball of peanut butter, um, dipped in chocolate with like you leave a little hole at the top. So they look they're like dark brown with a little light brown hole in the middle. They look like the Buckeyes, (laughs) and they're also like the official snack of the Ohio State Buckeyes. Um, and they're delicious And I always wondered why they were called Buckeyes Now I know So that's fun Also, Ohio is the only state with a non-square state flag So that's also fun Yeah, it kind
3: of looks like a fish
1: um, Yeah, sort of like a fish's tail at <laughs> yeah. Least.
3: yeah It's always hidden
1: Yep I yeah. remember it's, got, it's like a little bit tapered And um, <laughs> got a little, two points on it instead of, Instead of
0: a square end <clears throat> I like it. It's new, not Alex's new, but like original.
3: That we get drunk and then uh, listen to him. Mackenzie keeps trying
0: to squirt me with orange peels.
3: <laughs> Stop! I
0: just learned
1: they to, to do
3: that. I am. I am.
0: The Ohio State flag is the only one that's not square. It's kind of tapered, and it's like got a, a little. Fishtail. It's got a little triangle missing out of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's rude. You know what else is fun? This new segment on our show <gasps> called Yes. <laughs> called Tall Slash Long Things.
0: Tall Slash Long Things. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> do, do, do.
1: <laughs> we should record some segment no. music. Bow,
0: bow, bow, bow. Well, she's
1: got it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So record that little snippet and put it in every Tall Slash Long thing segment. Tall Slash Long
0: Things. Bow, bow.
1: <laughs> I've noticed that I like to find something really tall. Usually it's, usually it's something tall in every state and <laughs> talk so about Alex it. Like the k- the... What? What was it like? KYTV.
0: Yeah, the tower and the uh, anaconda snake tower and the smokestack.
1: Yep, the anaconda-smelting stack in Montana, which I saw with my own two eyes. Um, White, but today, well, for now, our first tall slash long thing in Ohio is a long (laughs) thing. No more. (laughs) It's Brandy, She's got it. (laughs) And I feel bad for Aaron because he doesn't have the uh, group chat. Kenzie, you should show them, show them the okay. pictures. Show them Add the them Buckeyes. to the group chat, please. Show them, Just them the annoyed non-square about everything. state flag. <laughs> and then show them pictures of the Great Serpent Mound in Ohio. Oh, I you... want to see that mound. Oh yeah, it's you want to see that mound.
3: Alright, so this is a buckeye. Mm-hmm. Wow. This is the treat. Wow. This is the, nope,
0: hang on, this is the flag. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. see, tapered. And this is the mound. Mound. Wow. That
2: is the most fish-like flag of all the flags, I would
0: see? say. See?
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: The rest are just rectangles. <laughs> Keep going because we still got to get through roller coasters and that took us a long time. <laughs> oh, <yeah.
1: laughs> I'm moving, I'm moving. The Great Serpent Mound is a 1,348 foot long pile of dirt that's 1 to 3 feet tall and 20 to 25 feet wide. It's basically just a bunch of ash, clay, stones, and soil mounded up um, in the shape of a big long snake. And it, and then grass grew over all of it. So now you can just see the shape of it underneath the grass. It looks kind of like a the Earth has a dermal tattoo. It's pretty cool. Kind of I reminds like me it. of like what somebody might build at like a sandcastle building contest. Yeah. So it's just a very long, simple form. It's um, like
3: Aztec to me.
1: Yeah, it was it was built um, allegedly by either the Adena culture in ancient Ohio, which was not called Ohio back then, but. That's that's a funny phrase, like ancient Ohio. <laughs> it's
0: like yeah, because we're really—it's not that old of a.
1: Yeah, we're such a new country.
3: Ancient Ohio. Ancient Ohio.
1: <laughs> that's the name of our new podcast. <laughs> or the fort, the fort, not Fornit, fort, just fort, <laughs> F O R T, fort ancient, which is hard to say.
3: Fort ancient. Fort
1: ancient. Fort ancient. Fort. What? The fortaint
3: ancient.
1: <laughs> Fort ancient culture.
0: None of those words made sense.
1: In either 320 BC or 1078 AD. I believe the leading theory is that it was built in 320 uh, by the Fort Ancients. And then um, the Adenas sort of rebuilt it and maybe added to it in 1070. Because there's like soil samples from inside of it kind of date back to those two time periods. Ah. Um, And at one end of it is this big mouth... It's just like kind of a cone shape. We'll post pictures. Mm. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, okay. I, will post pictures. I will post pictures. Maybe we'll post pictures. Its mouth opens toward a big uh, <laughs> hollow oval shape that's also made out of the same thing. And it's like 120 feet in diameter. This big oval that is said to represent... They think it may represent um, either an egg or the sun or maybe a frog, because <laughs> you or, know frogs are just ovals. They
3: just thought it was like real cool.
0: Or a buckeye.
1: Yeah, probably represents a buckeye. <laughs> when you think about it,
3: big
0: brain. Yeah, this. So big this brain. thing
1: is so old that nobody really knows what the hell it was for. Um,
3: it's interesting to I me mean, because I know that there's a lot of um, there's a lot of native culture around there. So like that, there's not an actual story passed down through the generations about mm-hmm. like, why that's there. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, not one that w- the Wikipedia page <laughs> had anyway. <laughs> there could be. So the oval, head, the oval and head section point towards where the sun sets at the summer solstice. So they think that might have been on purpose. And maybe it was some kind of, I don't know, maybe like a calendar thing.
3: Like the pyramids mm-hmm. and the stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the
1: Did pyramids we talk about this last time? Yeah. Humans oh my god. strategically placed the stars so that we could keep track of. The passage of
0: time. Yep. Fun fact. Or it was aliens. Did you know that, babe? Humans place the stars? Yep. yep. You're stupid. No, the pyramids. <laughs> he said the stars. <laughs> they they, they oh. place the stars, keep
2: track of the pyramids. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Those, yeah. those suckers move. <laughs> they move. Or it was
3: aliens.
1: Probably both.
3: We're just asked Wade at my old work. He's got a lot to say about
1: that. Really? Mm-hmm. You know an alien conspiracy theory yeah, guy? Yeah, he
3: was trying to build um, this, what was it called?
2: An anti-gravity
3: device. Yeah, so. an anti-gravity like device where he could lift a car. He was, did he do it? No. Oh. He was getting really close. <laughs> he said he was on the cusp.
2: Yeah. So close. And I would
3: love to talk to Wade about this stuff because um, no one else would listen to me. They all make fun of him. i be like, wait, tell me, talk to me. <laughs> I want we to should know.
2: Have him as
1: a guest on our podcast. <laughs>
3: Wade, where are you at, baby? <laughs> I love him. He was the best. <laughs> but...
1: All right, moving on. Whether it is to keep track of the summer solstice or not. Um, it is built in the middle of a crater, which I thought was pretty cool also. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's on a plateau in a crater from an asteroid that struck 248 to 286 million years ago, which is a long-ass time. But you can't tell it's a crater at all because it was so <laughs> long ago that the topographic expression has been removed by erosion. So the only reason they know it's a crater is because they, like, checked the soil, and the soil said, yep, crater. But it's it's not like a big hole in the ground, which I thought was really disappointing. (laughs) That would be way cooler.
3: That is very disappointing. Oh,
1: and the final note about this cool, big, long snake in the
0: grass. (laughs) Tall slash long thing. There
1: are similar structures built in Scotland and in Ontario, and as far as I know, neither of those have confirmed histories either.
0: Wow. It would be cool if it, it was, like, directly down from where this one was? Straight through the earth? Straight through the earth. Oh, wow, yeah, cool.
1: that would be dope. But yeah. Ontario is not straight no, through the earth no, no, from no. Ohio.
0: <laughs> and I don't think Ireland
1: is either. No.
3: <laughs> or if it was just like nomads, that, that's how they like marked where they were. Yeah, yeah. That, that couldn't be it. It's be more cool.
1: likely just like simultaneous... Discovery.
3: A cool ass thing. Just
1: people happen to build stuff the same way. You
3: know what? You're crushing my dream right now. <laughs> Move on to the freaking roller coasters. All right,
1: all right, all Stop right. Stop crushing Kenzie's dreams. That tall slash long thing. Let's talk about some more tall slash long things in the personal connection section, which is our new segment that we added last week.
3: Personal connections. Section. <laughs> <laughs> I breathed in my drink before
0: I took a sip of it, no. and I couldn't take a full drink of it well, because... that was on purpose. Did no. you finish
3: your drink? Yeah. yeah. You did? Yeah. yeah.
0: Come on, Kylie, catch up. Fuck off. <laughs> I am more drunk than you already, so shut up.
3: Tastes
1: All right. True. This week's personal connection section is about Cedar Point, Ohio, which you've probably heard me mention a few times before on the podcast because... It's an awesome giant amusement park in Sandusky, Ohio that is reachable by approximately a three-hour drive from where my cousins live in Michigan.
0: Isn't it the only amusement park you've been to?
1: It is the only amusement (laughs) park I've ever been to. And that's why I think it's the best. (laughs) woo Which is also why I think America's the greatest country ever. Mm. No, I don't, but most of the people that do have never been out of the U.S. You've
0: never been out of the U.S.?
1: I mean, I've been to Canada. No, uh,
0: so he was born in Canada. It. Yeah,
1: I was. Yeah, so Canada's the best country ever.
0: <laughs> <No>. uh,
1: <laughs> Cedar Point was built in 1870 and is the second oldest operating amusement park after Lake Compounds in Connecticut, which is the first oldest. And it was like 1850, I think, is when they built Lake Compounds. Um, it's known as America's roller Coast because it's cute. yeah, it's a cute little punny nickname. 'Cause it's on a peninsula that juts out into Lake Erie on the top edge of Ohio, the north edge of Ohio. Right over close to close to Michigan, so the northwestern <laughs> northwestern edge of Ohio. The
3: western edge of like the northeast side.
1: <laughs> it takes up the whole peninsula and has sixteen different roller coasters on it, which is the third most roller coasters in a single amusement park in the world. Oh, in the world? Yep. Wow. In the world. I think that number 1 is um, Six Flags, that big Six Flags Great Adventure. Mhm. Yeah. The biggest Been there. one. It is dope. Which is also that's the park that pretty much breaks all the other records that Cedar Point sets. Cedar Point basically exists to set roller coaster records and then Six Flags exists To beat Cedar Point's (laughs) roller coaster records. I
3: really hope, I know it's probably isn't true, but the the owners are just like rivals. Yeah. Or they're like high school
0: enemies. (laughs) Like Bob's Burgers and Jimmy Pesto. Yes. Mm, Six Flags is for sure
3: Jimmy Pesto. (laughs)
1: Absolutely.
3: I have no idea what they're talking about. (laughs) Bob's
1: Burgers, baby. (laughs) For example, Cedar Point's latest roller coaster, Steel Vengeance, broke 10 world records when it was created. It is basically a rebuilt version of their old coaster, Mean Streak, which was a wooden roller coaster that's been around for a long time, and I rode it the last couple times I was there, and it was pretty sketchy as fuck, but mm-hmm. also really fun.
0: I feel like all wooden roller coasters are yeah, a little sure. bit like they're more all... sketchy. Yeah. Even if they're very sturdy, it's just knowing it's wood and not steel or yeah. metal, yeah. it's
1: just... And knowing not only is it wood, but it's also really old wood. Yeah. Because they yeah. don't build roller coasters. I think half the roller fun of them is thinking
2: you're going to hit your head on a wooden beam. Yeah. Right above
3: your
1: head, you know? <laughs> you don't have to <laughs> worry about that. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. about that. yeah, i about that part. Yeah.
3: I'm very sure. Hearing it, like,
0: <clears throat> creak as you go around a corner. Yeah, yeah no.
1: Yeah, and all the jerks, and. Ooh, it's fun. So, Steel Vengeance is basically they took apart parts of Mean Streak and rebuilt them with steel. So. It's now a hybrid coaster, which is, means it's made out of wood and steel. Wow. Um, and all pretty much all ten world records that it broke were for... You know, biggest hybrid coaster, longest hybrid coaster, most inversions on a hybrid coaster, steepest drop on a hybrid coaster. They're all hybrid coaster records. And I think, I'm not sure about this, but I think that's because it's the first hybrid coaster. I was going to say, is it the only hybrid coaster?
3: (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah,
1: so they're kind of cheap records. But still, it broke ten world records!
3: (laughs) Let's pray!
1: Another world record setting roller coaster at Cedar Point is Top Thrill Dragster, which I think is the most remarkable coaster at Cedar Point. Top Thrill Dragster is 420 feet tall, which makes it the second tallest roller coaster in the world behind Kingda Ka at Six Flags Great Adventure. World so so Top Thrill Dragster, basically you start on the ground and it launches you hydraulically. So instead of taking you up a big hill and then dropping you with gravity to gain speed, it just launches you right off the ground. Mm. And then you go up 420 feet. You do a half twist and then you turn around like you're going up a half pipe and then you're coming back down towards the earth you do another half twist and then you come down and that's the whole ride.
3: But it's so good cuz like I've been on one at Knott's Berry Farm and it like Yeah. I don't really scream on roller coasters unless it's forced out of me and yeah. that one forced it out of yeah. me.
1: Yeah. They're they're awesome because like the anticipation it's it, it's not it's totally different because on on regular roller coasters you're going up the hill you're going up the hill you're right. waiting you're waiting you're waiting and then you can see where you're about to drop off,
0: but these just on these launch ones, they you.
1: Just it's in a split second. Yeah. You never you don't know where it's. Coming. I
0: like that screams are forced out of you, <coughs> laughs are just forced out of me. So yeah. I sound like like some crazy person <laughs> on the roller coaster laughing.
1: And King De Ka at Six Flags is basically exactly the same except it has another little hill at the bottom of it for some reason. And it's like you know, twenty feet, thirty feet taller, just just for the sake of breaking the breaking record the record, of, yeah. <laughs> of top Saying, "Thank you," but the acceleration is really what what Top Thrill Dragster and Kingda car are all about. Top Thrill reaches a top speed of one hundred and twenty miles per hour, and you get to that speed in only two point eight seconds. Yikes! Which is
0: really fucking
3: fast. Really
1: fucking fast. So at <laughs> zero to one twenty in. In 2.8 seconds, uh, Top Thrill's 0 to 60 speed is 1.2 seconds. No. <laughs> For comparison, um, the fastest production car 0 to 60 is the Koenigsegg Gamera, which is a supercar, a very new supercar, no. and it goes 0 to 60 in 1.9 seconds, which is 0.7 slower. However, a real life top fuel dragster, which the roller coaster Top Thrill Dragster is named after reaches 60 miles per hour in only 0. 0.8 seconds, which is really fast. fast. Yeah, Those that's crazy. crazy. They also reach top speeds of over 300 miles per I hour. I couldn't
0: imagine getting going going that fast that quickly.
1: Yeah, it's nuts. Of
3: course, it's a scrim. It's,
1: My last note about Top Thrill Dragster is that in August of this year, 2021, on August 15th, which was my sister's birthday, it closed <laughs> for the rest of the season, and indefinitely, because when the track, the train was coming to an end, it hit something on the track that flew off and hit somebody in the face, and they had to go to the hospital. You yeah, said but... it wasn't
0: lethal, it just hurt them, right?
1: Yes, they were just injured, but apparently it was a serious injury, and that's the worst accident that's ever happened as a result of Top Throat Dragster.
0: <laughs> Didn't you wait like two hours to ride it?
1: I did, yeah, I waited about two hours to ride Topstill dragster, which is crazy. funny because the entire ride lasts only 17 seconds. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's pointless, but it's not.
1: It's fun. Yeah. I love roller coasters, and doing this research reminded me of just how much I love them.
0: We should go to Wild Waves. Is that what it's called? Yeah, the one right down south. Yeah. Let's go to Wild Waves. Okay. Okay. They're well, shush. Will you ride the <laughs> thing that goes up like this yeah. and swings you with me?
3: I just won't do the water park. Park, but I
0: could care less about the water park. Park, yeah, water park, you. park.
1: They don't want to go on any of the water rides it's, at Wild Waves. I'm
0: not. A, I'm, <laughs> a I'm not a, fan. a water person. <laughs> I don't want to
3: walk around in my bathing yeah, suit. Yeah, it'd be wet and then dry and then wet and dry. Like I'm not. it does not fun to me. No, she
0: doesn't like that. the water when she can't see the bottom. And I
1: talked about well, this too, but... last time we recorded. Um, Cedar Point has a huge water park as well. And last the first time I went there, we rode all the water rides before we went and walked around the rest right. of the amusement park. And you got and a rash in your butt so crack. so bad. Yes, it was horrible.
0: horrible. Horrible, I tell you. Um before we get into our next section, I want to I want to restate my claim for our special stop of the cornhenge. I know it's not shaped like the <laughs> stonehenge. We learned this last time we tried to record, but I still want to go to the
3: cornhenge. We can go. I told you I'm down. Will so you
1: explain to everybody what again? What it's cornhenge. giant corn in it's
3: like lines. bushes shaped like corn. I don't think it's bushes. I think they're sculptures. Oh, I'm sorry. It's sculptures shaped like corn, just in like rows. Yeah, I want to go. I think it'd be fun. Okay.
0: It sounds
1: freaking amazing. Is it amazing. lined up
2: like
3: Stonehenge? Nope. No. Yeah, it's just roast. Okay.
0: <laughs> it said when I read the description that it was, but then we looked at pictures, and it's just like roast. Yeah. It looked like kind of like a graveyard, but with, instead of um, gravestones, it was corn. It was corn. Yeah. Okay, okay Alex, who is going first this week? Kylie. Solid. Okay. So, this week um i'm going a little bit lighter than last a lot a bit lighter than last week um there were a lot of murders last week um i am that was not good yeah the um john norman collins Mm -hmm. yeah serial killer um this week i am covering the circleville letter writer have you guys heard of them no 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 oh interesting write
1: a bunch of letters they
0: sure did in
1: circleville (laughs)
0: They sure did! Whoa. Um, Circleville was and still is a small town in Ohio. Um, the biggest thing that they are known for that happens there is the Circleville Pumpkin Festival that is held every fall.
1: The most circular pumpkin wins. I don't
0: know. Are pumpkins ever circular?
1: Well, no, but the most circular.
3: That's
1: why so. they win. Yeah, Circleville.
0: Pumpkin. Do you think any of our pumpkins would have won? My. No. No. No, You're a liar. Yours was (laughs) the farthest thing from circular.
3: Stella's was pretty circular. Stella's was
0: good. Well, all of the peacefulness and quietness that came with the pumpkins um, in that competition in the fall um, went away in 1976 when someone decided to start writing letters and spreading everyone's dirty little secrets. Mm-hmm. Thousands of letters uh, were composed with big block-like capital letters and were postmarked from Col- Columbus, Ohio, and were sent out For to the
1: Christopher Columbus. Fuck
0: <laughs> And they were sent out to the residents of Circleville. The most dangerous and threatening of letters seemed to be directed at Mary Gillespie. Gillespie. Galepsby, Gleps Galepsby, Galepsby. You should box? be known that I am really bad at pronouncing names. We you know it. Okay. No, I was telling Aaron because he hasn't listened to anything. Galepsy. Gleps- 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 Galepsy. Galepsy.
1: Galepsy. This is before the P. Gleps-y. Year
0: before the P. And she was actually one of the first people to receive such letters in 1976. In the letters that were sent to her, the author accused Mary of having an affair with the school district superintendent, Gordon Mazie. Spicy. I know. Spicy fight. Spicy. The letters urged her to stop before he exposed both of them or before someone got hurt. The note was always signed with the Circleville Writer. Which is weird that, like, he was always saying he was a Circleville writer when all the letters were sent from Columbus, Ohio. So it's a little interesting.
1: This was an episode that you listened to recently of That Spooky, wasn't it?
0: No. Why?
1: I feel like I've heard this story before. I
0: have listened to episodes about this, but not recently.
1: Okay, maybe it wasn't recently. (laughs) Okay.
0: (laughs) Um, The note said, um, stay away from Macy. Don't lie when questioned about knowing him. I know where you live. I've been observing your house, and I know you have children. This is no joke. Please take it seriously. Everyone concerned has been notified, and everything will be over soon. The Circleville writer. That's kind of, you know.
3: Ominous.
0: Ominous to be, like, received and also very threatening with children involved. Yeah. Like, if you had children and someone has just been like, I know where you live. I know you have kids, do this, or something's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, that's very creepy. Gross. Um, Several additional letters were sent to her, all of similar nature, and all holding on to the accusations of the affair. Mary held on to all the letters, hiding them away and trying to be discreet, trying to continue her everyday activities. She held held out hope that the letters would stop and things could go back to the way that they were, and that she could live her life without fear. Unfortunately for Mary, that did not happen. What did happen was her dear husband, Ron, was the next person to receive a letter from the mysterious writer. The letter that Ron had gotten was a little bit more direct than any others. In his letter, Ron was ordered to put an end to the affair or die. When Ron confronted Mary about the context in his letter, she told him that she had no clue what the author was referring to and that no affair was taking place. She suggested to Ron that perhaps it was just an attempt to blackmail her. Both Mary and Ron agreed to ignore those letters and the gossip that was being spreaded around town about them. Mary said that there was no affair and Ron believed her. So they just wanted to go back to normal and they wanted to pretend for a little while that things were easy, that they weren't getting these letters. Um, But that was until they received another letter, which said, Glipsy, You have two weeks and have, you've had two weeks and have done nothing. Admit the truth and inform the school board. If not, I'll broadcast it on, broadcast it on CBS, posters, signs, and billboards until the truth comes out.
1: Oh, so wait, wait, wait. First, they were threatening vague threats of nothing. Then they were threatening the husband, her husband. Yes. With murder. Yes. Now she still hasn't done shit about it and they're just saying they're going to put it on CBS.
0: Yeah, they want to expose her. They got her.
1: nothing. These are empty threats.
0: Yeah. Um, and I forgot to say she was a bus driver, is a bus driver. Oh. Um, so she does have connections to the school. So in theory does have connections to Gordon Maisie. But she denies everything, says that they, her and Ron had a happy marriage. Like they had kids, happy marriage. She didn't have a reason to have the affair. But I mean, kids in a happy marriage don't always stop affairs. Right. Um, But she adamantly denied everything. At this point, the couple knew that they had to do something about the letters and the threats that were were coming to them. They decided to show the letters to Ron's sister and brother-in-law, Karen and Paul. The only other persons, people, that the couple told. So it was just the four of them. They tried to put their heads together to come up with a list of possible suspects who could be writing these letters. Once they had a list of people, Ron wrote up a few letters of his own, accusing each person of knowing that they had been the ones writing the letters and to stop writing these threats.
1: Mm. <laughs> Fight letter threats with letter threats. Letter threats, threats yeah.
0: <laughs> Instead of going, like, to face and just saying, hey, I know you're writing these letters, stop. They, they decided to do, like, snail mail.
1: Interesting. Yeah.
0: This plan of theirs seemed to have worked um, for a few weeks letters had stopped. That was until August 19th of 1977 when Ron received a phone call from an unknown caller and whatever the caller had said we don't we don't know what they talked about we don't know who called seemed to have made Ron extremely mad. It was reported that he had grabbed a gun left his house without saying a word to anyone and drove away. Many people believed that his motives were to confront the person on the other end potentially the letter writer
1: this part now it gets really weird
3: yeah i have have not heard anything about this case
0: the thing is ron never made it to where he was heading and he never made it back home later that day authorities found ron's car wrapped around a tree with ron inside according to the local sheriff's department ron had a blood alcohol level 1.5 times the legal limit so pretty damn high Forensics showed that the gun had been fired but was never but the bullet was never recovered and investigators cannot determine why he would have discharged the weapon. Many people believed that the sheriff's department was attempting to cover up Ron's death by claiming he had high levels of alcohol in his system, therefore ruling the crash as an accident. But those closest to Ron said that he rarely ever drank and that the police were hiding something. Even the letter writer claimed that the sheriff's department was covering something up after he grew angry reading the newspaper that the accident was a- the accident was accidental. He, the letter writer, even wrote letters to several town people urging for further investigation. So even the letter writer knew something was fishy and wanted the police to take action, more action than they have taken. Interesting. The claims of an affair continued even after Ron's death. So just, like, a little bit after Ron's death, Macy split from his wife, which they were in a happy marriage with kids. He split from his wife and started a relationship with Miss not having an affair, Mary.
3: (laughs) Maybe she was the one writing the letters.
0: Maybe. That is, is that is, that is, um, a conspiracy. Oh, okay. What are the theories
1: about why the guy wrapped his car around a tree because everybody seems to think there was some big conspiracy around they just think that
0: they were covering something up they didn't know what they were covering up but people who knew ron knew he didn't drink much like if he drank at all it wasn't a lot so they just for him to have a high blood alcohol level was very weird
1: and probably just because Fake. it happened, when he had gotten the car with the yeah. gun and was like on his way to see somebody, yeah. And, and then they
0: also don't know why the gun would have been discharged, right? Um, he... And the bullet never would never was found where where it, where they would have even shot it. He would have shot it. Yeah, they don't right. know.
1: So now, Mr. and Mrs. Smarty Pants decided they're going to actually do the stuff that they (laughs) falsely accused of doing for a long time by somebody who's planning to murder them. Yeah, even
0: though the (laughs) act was considered very suspicious, Mary maintained that they only began seeing each other after his divorce.
3: They were like,
2: "We're not seeing each other, but like, hey, that's a good idea." Yeah, yeah.
0: Now, she says that, but I read some articles that claimed that he, Macy, the, the superintendent, claimed that there was never an affair until after the first letter was sent. So, she says that they didn't start seeing each other until he got a divorce, but he's, in some articles, he says that they started seeing each other after the first letter.
3: Weird.
0: Yeah. Which... I feel Did like she... if I feel like if I received a letter like that, I would stay far away yes. from that person uh, to like stop suspicion.
4: Yeah.
0: For a long while after Ron's death, um, and the new relationship started, things seemed to be calm in Circleville, almost like things were getting back to normal. Around this time, Ron's brother brother-in-law was accused of being one of the people who was writing the letters, but he denied any involvement with the letters. So at this time, they were just like you look suspicious, and he was like, no, you're wrong, (laughs) (laughs) but they didn't have, they didn't really have anything to go on, they were just like, we're keeping an eye on you, and he's like, you don't need to, um, despite all the crazy things that were going on in the town, and in Mary's life, she tried to keep her, keep her job, she managed to keep her job, um, and she tried to keep being a part of the town, um, and not isolate herself, even though there were all these crazy rumors about her going on, Six years later, the Circleville letter writer took things just a little bit too far. I mean, being a part of a murder might have been a little far, but... (laughs) Um, One morning in February of 1983, Mary was on her normal bus route when she noticed signs along the road. And all of them were directed at her and her family. The The signs threatened her life and the life of her daughter. Some signs accused Macy, the superintendent, of sexually assaulting Mary's 12-year-old daughter. Mary was furious that not only the signs had been put up, but that they were targeting her daughter. Once she was done with her normal bus route and had dropped all the kids off, she made her way back to those signs and pulled off the side of the road with the intention of taking them down. Um, It is a good thing that our fury didn't fully take over, um, and that she didn't start ripping the signs down right when she, she saw them. Once she got a closer look at the signs, she noticed a string attached to the sign, one of the signs, and when she followed that string, she noticed that it was attached to a box. Uh-oh. She managed to undo the box from its hiding place, and she brought it back onto the bus, and inside the box was a pistol, and the trage- trajectory of the pistol from where it was sitting and placed in the box was aimed directly at the sign. Right. And with how the the string was attached to the gun, the minute she would have put that sign down or ripped it out, it would have shot right at her. Wow. Yeah.
1: So elaborate.
0: Yeah. So this was definitely a booby trap like meant to hurt her.
1: Like, wants to murder her, but doesn't really have the guts to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So they just want to threaten her for a really long time and then set up this elaborate trap that probably isn't going to work.
0: Mm-hmm. Mary now super worried um, that an attempt was made on her life called the police. Um, She tried to get the police involved one time prior, but all she had to show were these letters with the address to Columbus, Ohio, where no one lives, so they couldn't really do anything about it. Excuse me. They quickly discovered that someone had tried to attempt to file off the gun's serial number, but ultimately failed. They were able to trace the gun back to Paul, who was Ron's brother-in-law. brother-in-law. I was uh-huh. going to say stepbrother, but that didn't...
1: The guy that we previously yes. suspected.
0: Um Who once again had no clue of anything that was going on, and he stated that the gun was his, but it had gone missing a long time ago. Oh, yeah. yeah, sure. And something else that um, I read was there were reports of a yellow, some sort of yellow car around that area earlier in the morning. And it is also reported that Paul, the owner of the gun, had the same type of yellow car.: Weird. Weird. Again, yeah And we
1: got suspected murderers driving yellow cars.: Yes.
0: Um, they were some, somehow able to coerce Paul into taking a handwriting test and made him recreate one of the letters written by the letter writer, so they just handed him a letter and told him to copy the font. As best he could, which to me is kinda of stupid, because if you yeah. hand me a letter and tell me to copy it, but you think that I'm
3: Right. Yeah. Just to write you it, think right that it, I did right.
0: it, I would write it not right. the same.
3: Right. Yeah. Pretty easy to fuck it up.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um sheriffs were sat- satisfied with the results of the handwriting test, which I also don't think is like a real test. Like I don't I don't think it's it doesn't like, seem, like,
2: very legitimate.
1: Legitimate,
0: yeah. It's not, no. but
3: they have specialists that, like, look at it regularly if they yeah. find pieces of handwriting.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, they they kind of were like, you need to write it yeah. this way. Yeah. So they they... were
2: like, oh, we got it now. Yeah.
0: How, do you, yeah. how do you... How do you, you connect them? Time? Yeah. Um... I don't know why... Like I said, I don't know why Paul wouldn't have fucked up his handwriting on purpose, but police were convinced <laughs> that he was their man. And Paul was arrested for attempted murder. And I don't, I don't know if this helps, but his now ex-wife, Karen, the sister of Ron, also believed that he was the writer. His trial began in late October of 1983, and even though he had an alibi for the day of the booby-trapped attempt on Mary's life, he was not officially accused of being the Circleville letter writer, but the prosecution repeatedly brought up the results of his handwriting test to cast guilt on the man. So he had an alibi, they said, heck your alibi, and then... I feel like you don't need him,
1: uh, like, you don't, you don't have to be in the same place to have already set, set up... Set up
0: everything, yeah. Um,
1: the whole point was that he wouldn't have to be there when the gun went off.
0: Yes, so. yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. then they kept trying to pin the letterville, letter writer BS on him, and he was just like, no, but they're like, we have this handwriting test even though it's not really viable. Whether they were right or wrong, the jury connected the dots as best as they could. They found Paul guilty of attempted murder and the judge handed down the maximum sentence of seven to 25 years. Which is silly because seven doesn't seem like very much. No. 25. Also doesn't seem like very much. But seven to
1: 25 is a big range. Big range, yeah. Uh, Especially for a maximum sentence. Yeah.
0: But I mean, it was attempted, not... Yeah. Not... He didn't follow through.
2: Right. I think they knew they had a bad case and weren't going to get him on for more, you know? Yeah.
0: So. Now, you would think with the supposed letter writer in jail, there would be no more letters, right? That You would think. That would make sense. If he was in jail, he couldn't write any more letters. But that was not the case. The letters kept arriving. Religion. Oh, The letters <laughs> kept arriving to the citizens of Circleville, but not from the jail where, where Paul was locked up. Uh-huh. In solitary confinement, no less. Uh-huh. But they kept coming from Columbus, Ohio. Also, Paul Fuck himself.
3: Columbus.
0: Fuck him. Also, Paul himself was receiving letters. And why would he write letters to himself?
3: A copycat.
0: Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Uh-huh.
1: Or the wrong man.
0: Oh, maybe. Did they
2: compare the handwriting
0: on the new letters? I don't know. I don't know that. a team. they look different. A team. We'll get to maybe that. Um, One of the letters sent to him said, now, one of the letters that was sent to him said, now, when are you going to believe you aren't going to get out of there? I told you two years ago, when we set him up, they say, stay set up. Don't you listen at all? So. What does that mean? I don't know we confused. set them up they're setting them up okay do you want me to read again yeah <laughs> now when are you going to believe you aren't going to get out of there i told you two years ago when we set them up they stay set up don't you listen at all
3: it sounds italian when we set them up they. Stay oh i set was up. like
0: did i say it in an accent i can't do yeah, accents okay, so what does it mean like don't knock them down So it it almost sounds to me like there was someone working with him. Yeah. Because he told him two years ago when we set him up, they stay set up, right? Yep. Uh Paul was eventually released in 1994, um, and he tried to resume living a regular life and maintains his claims of innocent until his death in 2012.
3: How long was he in jail? Uh,
0: 1994. He went to jail in around 1983. So, 10 ish years, eight, nine years. Six months after Paul's release, a TV show, or the TV show Unsolved Mysteries, aired a segment on the Circleville letter writer. Ooh. A few days later, the ne- network got a letter of their own. It simply said, Forget Circleville, Ohio. If you come to Ohio, El Sico will pay the Circleville letter writer. El Sico. What does that mean? I don't know. I don't have transcriptions of, like...
1: What was that, like, uh... El-sicko?
0: El-sickos will pay. You El-sickos will pay.
1: I trying to call the radio the press i don't know yeah it's just so weird bunch of sickos
0: like it had been i think a while since letters had been sent out and he oh he was a little rusty yeah Yeah. Uh, so
1: he used random yeah
0: (laughs) and just forget circleville forget circleville ohio only remember them for their pumpkin festival (laughs) yes the circleville letter writer has yet to be unmasked there are so many different conspiracies that have been thrown around over the years one of them was that Paul was really behind the letters, and he just had some backup outside of prison. So someone sending out those yep. last, to make, those last letters to make him look innocent. Yeah. Um, another one was that he worked with his wife, uh-huh. and that, or that she was the one who was sending them because right. she would have access to True. his yellow car and his gun, and mm-hmm. she
3: could be mad that he was having an affair.
0: No, Paul wasn't having an affair. I mean, he could have been. I don't know. But... He was alleging
1: that his brother yes, 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 yes. No, his,
0: br- his sister-in-law. The Circleville letter writer was alleging that Mary was having an affair.
1: Yes.
0: So it would be... With
1: Paul's brother.
0: No. Paul's brother-in-law was Ron. His, oh. Mary's wife. Husband. Oh, husband. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Break it down really quick. <laughs> Mary was the one receiving all the letters. Right. Mary's wife was Ron. <laughs> Mary's husband. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like Paul, I said, Mary. I was drunk. Mary's husband was Ron. Ron's sister was Karen. Is Karen? Uh-huh. Karen's husband is Paul. Okay. And Paul's one that went to jail. Paul went to jail. Mary was having an alleged affair with Gordon Maisie. So Mary's brother-in-law uh-huh. was sending
1: letters accusing her of having an affair yes. with someone. and I, they Matthew
0: were the school. only one. The, yes. They. Karen and Paul were the only people Mary and Ron told about the letters.
1: Oh, interesting. Okay.
0: And Karen would have had access to the gun, the car. The gun, she the would gun, have, the, the Yep. Yeah, she would have known everything. If you hear background noise, Dee is being very sassy. Some say that it was all Mary um, in some weird way to get attention or get rid of her hun- husband so she could be with Maisie, which makes sense. Um, I mean, it got rid of... Ron, in the end, and she got to be with Macy, so it worked if it was her. Um, Weird. There there were a couple other conspiracies. A lot of people thought it was the police trying to cover something up, like, the whole thing trying to cover, the police were trying to cover up a lot of things with these letters. Hmm. Um, but, yeah.
3: But the, the only re- reported cases of the letters was just those family?
0: Yeah. No, no, they went to other families, but none of them were as threatening to other families. Oh. They went out to a lot of people in this town, and a lot they were spilling secrets about a lot of people in the town, but none of them were as like juicy, um, and none of them were as threatening. So it makes it
1: interesting that they couldn't find anybody because you'd think you'd just find somebody who knows all those people.
0: But it's a small town. Yeah. But yeah, they haven't been been able to catch anybody yet. There hasn't been any new new cases. Some people say that the Letterville Writers ink was poisonous and that they were slowly poisoning people and like making them go insane. But that's just that not doesn't proven at all. Not proven at all. Um, that guys, was guys. I
1: have a secret. It was me,
0: Morris ASMR for you. But yeah, uh, that was that's it. But as far as I know, Ron Ron is Ron is dead. Mary is still alive, um, and no one has received any more letters. Well,
1: wow. yeah. Very interesting.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I will post some pictures of letters I could find. And like Mackenzie said, the handwriting does look different, um, but it is in like the big block uppercase. Except for the T's. The T's are lowercase mm-hmm. on both. No. no, just on one. Oh, you're right. Interesting.
1: And the eyes. Weird. Yeah, it's totally Ha-ha. different handwriting. It's, like, way different. Weird.
0: Yeah. But that's it. your turn. My case is over. It is now Mackenzie's turn. Everyone
3: prepare to be depressed. (laughs) Uh, This week I am cheating a little bit. Um, I found this article that I really liked on this case, and I just thought that it was really, really well written, and I didn't think that I could top writing it. Um, And I found myself just paraphrasing it a lot, so I figured I might as well just... Read from the Atlantic. Um, this is by Hannah Rawson, R O S I N. And here we go.
0: I'm ready.
3: Wanted. Caretaker for farm. Simply watch over a 688 acre patch of hilly farmland and feed a few cows. You get $300 a week and a nice two bedroom trailer. Some older and someone older and single preferred, but all will be considered relocation is a must you must have a clean record and be trustworthy this is a permanent position the farm is used mainly as a hunting preserve and is overrun with game has stocked has a stocked three acre pond and some beef cattle the nearest neighbor is a mile away the place is secluded and beautiful it will be a real getaway for the right person job of a lifetime if you are ready to relocate please contact ASAP position will not stay open
0: that does not sound like a job of a lifetime. I think it does not like a job of a lifetime
1: as well. <laughs> but I think I've also heard this case. I
0: have heard this case. This car,
1: I think we heard it.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I, I'm excited. But that t- does not sound like I would enjoy that at all. Relocation. No. I want to stay. Labor. No.
3: For a long time, I was looking into I'm, working on a yeah, Duke Ranch. Mm-hmm.
0: You told us, I think, well, the our Montana. Yeah. yeah, that's right. But no, thank you. But not permanently,
3: just for the summer.
0: Yeah. I've thought about moving to South Dakota to work on uh, Crazy Horse. Crazy Horse. Yes. <laughs> talked
3: about that. Yeah. Excuse
1: you. This
2: is a Craigslist ad, isn't
3: it? Yeah, yeah Craigslist exactly if, really uh, if you've not figured this out yet, this is Murder by Craigslist. A serial killer finds a newly vulnerable class of victims white working class men. Scott Davis had answered the job ad on Craigslist on October 9th, 2011, and now four weeks later to the day he was watching the future it had promised glide past the car window. Acre after acre of Ohio farmland dotted with cattle and horses, each patch framed by rolling hills and anchored by a house and a barn, sometimes old and worn, but never decrepit. Nothing like a little, nothing a little carpentry can't fix. Davis rode in the back seat of a white Buick in the front sat his new employer a man he only knew as Jack and the boy Jack had introduced as his nephew Brogan. Rogan Brogan B R O G A N And I'm just
0: to have them drive you out to so you don't have a you don't have a vehicle of right. your own right. to get out to do it's, anything yeah, like even if it's a, even if it's like a relocation job and a permanent job, you should still have your own means of transportation. Yes.
3: Yeah. Mm, I agree. Sketchy. The kid who was driving the car was only in high school, but was already a giant, at least as tall as his uncle, who was plenty tall.
0: Like the co-ed killer.
3: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Jack was a stocky middle-aged man. Davis noticed that he had missed a couple of spots shaving and had a tattoo on his left arm. He was chatty, telling Davis all about his ex-wife, his favorite breakfast breakfast foods and his church davis 48 had left behind his girlfriend in south carolina given away the accounts for his landscaping business and put most of his equipment in storage he'd packed his other belongings clothes tools stereo equipment his harley davidson into a trailer hitched it to his truck and driven it to southeastern ohio he told everyone that he was moving in part to help take care of his mom who lived outside of Akron, and whose house is falling apart Moving back home at his age might seem like moving backwards in life, but the caretaker job he'd stumbled upon made it seem like he'd be getting paid to live for free and work easy for a while.
0: So he was moving, he was taking the position he found on Craigslist, but it was close enough to his home that he could care for his mother? I think so. Okay.
3: A no-rent trailer plus $300 a week in exchange for just watching over a farm with a few head of cattle outside the town of Cambridge. Jack had reminded him in an email to bring his Harley because they were, there were plenty of beautiful rural roads to putt putt in. Those putt-putt? words exactly, yeah. Putt putt. Like golf. Like
0: you know. With your Harley Davidson.
3: Putt around, you know. Oh.
1: Two strokes go putt
3: putt putt. Jack and Brogan had met Davis for breakfast at Shoney's in Marietta, where Jack had quizzed his new hire about what he'd brought with him in the trailer. Davis boasted that it was full from top to bottom. After breakfast, Davis followed Jack and Brogan to the food center in the small town of Cladwell, where he left his truck and trailer in the parking lot. Jack told Why? Davis... That's I don't know.
0: That's <laughs> stupid. Because they went to get food, right?
3: Yeah. Uh, Jack told Davis... you bring
1: your truck in the restaurant with you.
0: But he got in another car. Oh, oh I didn't realize you had said that already. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was. he was driving with them. To the, to the to the
1: new location. To, yeah. To okay. I didn't realize farm. we got to that part.
3: Sorry. <laughs> Jack told Davis that the small road leading to the farm had split, and they'd have to repair it before bringing the truck up. Oh.
1: Oh. Lies. Just had to wait one more.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Lies. <laughs> they, they'd been driving on it for about 15 minutes, the paved road um, giving away to gravel, and the gravel turning to dirt. While Davis watched the signal strength on his bar's on his cell phone, disappear. On a densely wooded, hilly stretch, Jack told his nephew to pull over and drop us off where we got that deer last time, he said, explaining to Davis that he had left some equipment down there by the creek and that they needed to retrieve it to repair the road.
0: He's a liar.
3: Yeah, because, you know, you just... You want to repair the road right now? Right now. Right now. With all my tools, I
0: don't have. That
3: I left by the creek. Yeah.
1: And yeah, that's what you do. You just leave your equipment out by the creek.
0: Where you got that deer that one time? <laughs> Bullshit.
3: Davis got out to help, stuffing his cigarettes and a can of Pepsi in his pockets. He followed Jack down the hill, <laughs> but when they reached the I patch-
0: always carry, I always carry a can He's of Pepsi it in up. My <laughs> pocket. He's got to have the essentials.
2: That's going to stop a bullet later, I bet.
3: He followed Jack down the hill, but when they reached the patch of wet grass by the creek, Jack seemed to have lost his way, and suggested that they head back up to the road. Davis turned around and started walking, with Jack falling behind him now. Ah, uh, fuck. Davis heard a click, and then the word, <gasps> fuck. Spinning around, he saw Jack pointing a gun at his head. Where we got that deer last time was suddenly playing in Davis's head, and he realized he must be the next deer.
0: I don't think no. I'd make that connection. I would just automatically One. think he would
3: want to kill me. Yeah.
0: I don't From care. From the get-go.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't... Yeah. I guess we're gonna get to it, but if Davis didn't live, how do they know that?
3: Davis didn't die. Oh,
2: okay.
1: He there
0: figured his shit out. Yeah. He tried to shoot him.
3: And there was it just said, a click. Fuck. Uh-huh. Yeah, fuck. So something went wrong. Davis instinctively threw up his arms to shield his face. The pistol didn't jam the second time. As Davis heard the crack of the gunshot, he felt his right elbow shattered. He turned and started to run, stumbling and falling over uneven ground. The shots kept coming as Davis ran deeper and deeper into the woods, but none of them hit him. He ran and ran until he heard no more shots or footsteps behind him.
0: I'm sorry. I have... I've never broken a bone.
3: Adrenaline, baby.
0: Shattering of an elbow sounds disgusting. Adrenaline. Oh, yeah. Disgusting. Yeah.
2: That is a terrible
1: phrase. I work with a woman. Well, I don't work with her very often. She works... At my job. And I did work with her for one day. Anyway. <laughs> the <this> specifics
0: <laughs> of how much I do or don't work with
1: her. I'm glad not we had a I work story.
0: with her, but I don't work with her sometimes. But I do work with her other times. <laughs> On these only, specific days. Only like one day. I'm glad I have the backstory. <laughs> <laughs> You're <walko. laughs> welcome. Welcome.
1: Alright. But she told me the one day we did spend <laughs> She said she both of the tips of her elbows have oh, broken stop. off oh, I don't oh my gosh so they're loose in oh in her elbow and anytime she bangs this one part of her elbow on something it, it's like it's like when you kneel on a rock mm. but it's the bone in her elbow Gross. That's
0: just dis- like I bet you could just go. bloop, bloop, bloop. And it's yeah. Both of them,
1: and it's from separate accidents.
2: Both falls, though.
0: Wow. that's
1: disgusting. Did she yeah. show you her
2: loose elbows? No, I would
1: ask I would be really no. like, really can it? I, asked, I touch it? It was really hard for me to not think about it for the rest of the day. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right. So none of the shots hit him. He ran until he couldn't hear them anymore or any steps behind him. He came to the road and crossed it, worried that if he stayed in the open, he'd be spotted by his would-be killer. Mm-hmm. He was losing a lot of blood by now, but he hid in the woods for several hours until I'm the sorry, sun it was just low. just went
0: through his, sho- his elbow? Yes. Okay.
3: Mm-hmm. Before he made his way back to the road and started walking, Jeff Shockling was sitting in his mother's living room watching Jeopardy when he heard the doorbell.
0: Gotta love Jeff.
3: That alone was strange because in these parts, <laughs> in the boondocks, visitors generally just walked in the front door. Besides, he <laughs> hadn't heard a car drive up. Shocking! Shockleen sent his nine-year-old nephew to see who it was. There's a stranger at the door for sure. Let me go send my nine-year-old nephew. Katie. <laughs>
0: I mean, Katie is 30-something, but... I, yes, brain yes. He, he's developmentally slower, but, like, I'm like, someone knocked on the door, Katie, go look. <laughs> she's probably already at the door.
1: At, at the for door, for sure, for sure. She knows you got
0: her, there five minutes ago. Yeah, her and Minnie like all
3: over the door all the time <laughs> i love that um he sent his nine-year-old nephew to see who it was he I testified that it. the kid came back yelling there's a guy at the door he's been shot he's bleeding right through shockling assumed his nephew was playing a prank but when he went to the door there was the stranger holding his right arm across his body his sleeve and his pant legs soaked with blood the guy was pale fidgety and wouldn't sit down in a panic or er, at the picnic table outside so he called 911
0: could you ima- like, it's just such a new area that you wouldn't really be able to trust anyone.
3: Right, yeah. Because yeah. like, what if they were, like, what if they knew help. this was happening? Like, anyway?
0: Yeah. How, you, you, scary. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he doesn't trust these people. Actually. No. That's why he was panicking yeah. and not sitting down.
3: Sheriff Stephen Hunman of Noble County arrived after about 15 minutes. He would later describe Davis as remarkably coherent for a man who has been shot and bleeding heavily. But what Davis was saying made no sense. He claimed that he had come to the area for a job watching over a 688-acre cattle ranch and that the man who offered him the job had shot him. But Hunnam didn't know of any 688-acre cattle ranches in Noble (laughs) County. Not even close. Most of the large tracts of land had been bought up by mining companies. Davis kept going on about a Harley Davidson and how the guy who shot him was probably going to steal it. The sheriff sized up Davis... Middle-aged, white man, puffy eyes, blonde hair, jean jacket, babbling about a Harley, and figured that he was involved in some kind of dope deal gone bad. Hannum made a few calls to his local informants, but none of them had heard anything. Then, he located the truck and trailer at the food center, and they were just as Davis had described them. It was beginning to, was beginning to look like Mr. Davis truly was a victim, rather than whatever I thought he was at the beginning. Davis, however, was not the only person to answer the Craigslist ad.
0: Don't answer Craigslist ads.
3: <laughs> More than a hundred people applied for this caretaker job. Oh
0: my God. shit,
3: bro. A fact that Jack was carefully careful to cite in his emails back to his applicants. Mm-hmm. He wanted to make sure that they knew the position was highly sought after. Jack had a specific type of candidate in mind. Middle-aged man who had never been married or was recently divorced. He had no strong family connections. Someone who had a life he could easily walk away from. Jack painstakingly designed the ad to conjure a very particular male fantasy. The cowboy or rancher out in the open country herding cattle, men and fences. Yellowstone. Yep, hunting game. Living the dream that could transform a post-recession drifter into a timeless American icon. From the many discarded drafts of the ad that investigators later found, it was clear that Jack was searching for just the right pitch to catch a certain kind of man's eyes. It worked. He tinkered with the details, the number of acres on the property, the idea of a yearly bonus, paid utilities, before settling on his final draft. The language was hilly, secluded, job of a lifetime. If a woman applied for the job, Jack wouldn't even bother responding. If a man applied, he would ask for the crucial information right off the bat. Sexist. How old are you? Do you have any criminal records? And are you married?
0: He was sexist.
3: Well, he didn't want to kill women. Apparently, well, that's a first. Yes. That's a first.
1: I hope we get into the uh, background on that, yeah. Because
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. typically, it's men want to kill women because yeah. of like mommy issues right. or
3: rejection, because sexual issues.
0: Men are horrible. Men are horrible. Yeah. I stand with that, even though there are two men in this room. <laughs> you guys wrong. aren't that bad, <laughs> <Yeah>. but like
3: <laughs> aren't that bad. Aren't that bad? I didn't mean that. It like, almost great. sounds like,
2: in a way, this like it's sort of the same reason, like. A lot of men who target women go after sex workers like this sounds like he's going after men who wouldn't be missed right like, yeah, yeah yes yes
3: jack seemed drawn to the applicants who were less formal in their email replies those who betrayed excitement and with it vulnerability i was raised on a farm as a boy and i've raised some of my own cattle and horses as well wrote one i'm so in good shape not afraid of hard work i really hope you can give me a chance thank you very much george if a candidate lived. Near Akron, Jack might interview him in person at the local waffle house or at the mall food court. He'd start by handing the man a pre-employment questionnaire which stated that he was an equal opportunity employer except he didn't offer women but anyway
1: sexist. That's <laughs> the least of his problems.
3: <laughs> Jack
0: sexist.
3: Jack and the also applicant a
0: murderer. <laughs> <laughs> ja- Equal opportunities. If women want to get murdered, let them get murdered. <laughs> they can.
3: all the time time. (laughs) jack and the applicant would make small talk about ex-wives or tattoos and jack who fancied himself a bit of a street preacher would describe the ministry he founded and he'd ask about qualifications any carpentry experience ever worked with livestock and provide more details about the farm jack explained that his uncle owned the place and he had six brothers and sisters with a lot of kids and grandkids running around especially on holiday weekends and during hunting season the picture Jack painted was of a boisterous extended family living an idyllic rural life, pretty much the opposite of a lonely bachelor. Lives yeah, so of the men he, he was interviewing, he was
0: giving these men the fantasy, the fantasy and everything that they wanted.
3: Yep.
1: Which, for the record, I want to. That sounds good. Sounds like a good gig. It's the male fantasy. Just watching over a farm and driving your dirt bike around. With a whole bunch He of didn't acres. say
3: anything about a dirt bike. No, but he could drive his Harley. Nobody yeah, said put put.
1: He's
2: False. filling
1: in the blanks. False. <laughs> Trails around a farm. In my fantasy, it's a dirt
0: bike. Okay. Okay.
3: If the interview went well, Jack might tell the applicant that he was a finalist for the job. But if the applicant gave any sign that he did not meet one of Jack's criteria, the meeting would end abruptly. For one <laughs> candidate, <laughs> we're done. We're done. You I know don't want to. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, I have this girlfriend with a daughter. No, we're done. I don't wanna to talk to you anymore. Please leave. Warden's been filled. I don't like you. Actually, I just got a phone call. Hello, yeah. Oh, position's filled.
3: Yeah. You're
1: trained in self-defense?
3: No. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> You're in the army? Get no. out of here.
0: You carry a concealed weapon? No.
3: <laughs> For one candidate, everything seemed on track until he mentioned that he was about to get married. No. <laughs> Jack immediately no. stood up and thanked him for his time.
0: He just was like, bye. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, good luck to you. Not
0: us at all. Married.
3: No. George, the man who had written the email about being raised on a farm, told Jack that he'd once been a security guard. At, no. and an no. expert in security martial marks? arts. No exactly. martial You're arts. Literally all the stuff we just said. Mm-hmm. Martial
2: arts. No. <laughs> okay. I also don't believe that guy was an expert no. in martial arts. No. I don't believe
3: Black
1: anybody. Belt? No. A <laughs> <list anymore laughs>
2: expert in martial arts. Black belt. Especially because no. he was a security guard. Uh, yeah. The
1: people who actually know anything about martial arts. Do you have a like, laser? Oh a, yeah, I've dabbled a, a, a in a little laser? bit of no. taekwondo <laughs> or something. <laughs>
0: I understand, Jack. I
3: mean, he figured this would be a plus, given the fact that he'd have to guard the property. But the mood of the interview, no. interview immediately changed for the worse. No, Jack took the application out of George's hands before he even finished Jack filling it out Ooh. and he said, power man. And said he would call him in a couple of days. If George didn't hear anything, he should assume that someone else got it. He didn't George call him, Dimmy. Did he? He, he ghosted him.
0: Yeah, he fucking ghosted him. Poor George. He just wanted to guard the farm with his martial arts skills.
3: <laughs> David Pauly was the first applicant who met Jack's exacting criteria.
0: No he, martial arts skills? Nope. Aw, oh, damn it.
3: He was 51 years old, divorced, living with his older brother is in his spare n- room.
0: I'm sorry, he's looking for middle-aged or old age? Middle-aged. 51
3: is middle age. I guess. Middle between a hundred. The
0: range, yeah. I just thought fifty-one was old. My dad's like fifty. You think my, my dad's m- an old man? My mom's fifty-five. Uh-huh.
3: My mom is old. My mom. My mom and dad are in their early fifties. You
0: shouldn't tell your parents' age.
3: I didn't. I said they're I in know, the that's early fifties. Why
0: 50s. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um. Moving on. I just I wouldn't I when I think of middle age I would think more like thirties forties.
3: You think thirties middle age? Yeah. <laughs> No. The that news. makes a special <laughs> guest
0: middle-aged. <laughs> no! No! <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Anyway. No, 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 no. You're
3: done. You're done. <laughs> no.
0: I'm sorry. That's not what I meant. <laughs> For
3: nearly two decades, Polly had worked at Randolph Bundy, a wholesaling distributor of building materials, managing the warehouse, and driving a truck. He married his high school sweetheart, Susan, and adopted her son wade from an earlier marriage for most of his life polly was a man of routine said his relatives he ate his cereal took a shower and went to work precisely at the same day times every day he was very stable influence in my life said wade i grew up thinking everyone had a nine to five polly grew increasingly frustrated with his position at randolph bundy and finally around 2003 quit his job he bounced around from job to job but could never find anything steady he and Wade often had disagreements, In and in 2009, he and Susan got a divorce. Now, he found himself sitting in his brother's easy chair, using Richard's laptop to look for jobs. Mostly, he'd find temp stuff, jobs that would only last a few weeks. Sometimes, he had to borrow money to buy things just like toothpaste. He got along fine with Richard and his wife, Judy, but their second bedroom, with its seafoam green walls, frilly lampshades, and ornate dresser, was, well, hardly, wow. was hardly a place he could put up a poster of Heidi Klum in a bikini. Or start enjoying his post-divorce freedom. Yeah, I'm
0: 51? Hell yeah, buddy. <laughs> it's a must. I, it's a must.
3: Maybe. Someone in the beginning. Do you
2: know
1: what that is? I feel like I used to, but I don't anymore. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> <laughs> Polly, Polly was cruising
3: online job opportunities when he came across a Craigslist ad in October 2011. Usually Polly looked for jobs around Norfolk. But his best friend since high school, Chris Maul, had moved to Ohio a couple years earlier and was doing well. He and Maul talked dozens of times a day on the Nextel walkie-talkies they bought specifically. Do you guys remember those phones?
0: Walkie-talkies?
3: Nextel walkie-talkies. <laughs> no, there were phones. I don't know if this is it. You might remember. Um, My mom had one. <laughs> no, 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 because your parents might have had one. I don't know if your parents had one. But my mom had one It was literally a walkie-talkie and you would like... Scroll to the, the contact, but it was also a phone, and you would hit the walkie talkie button. And if and they would hear the beep, and if they weren't busy, they would literally just walkie talkie back. Like it wasn't a phone call, it was a walkie talkie. We would do it with my grandpa all the time. Cool. But it was still a phone, you could still use it as a phone.
2: My parents used a rotary that, right? phone into the 90s and had, like, a TV antenna that you manually turned on a knob yeah. until, like, 2005, you're so no, they weren't really change. up on the time. <laughs> well, I mean that to say they didn't—they the weren't up on new technology right. when that was a thing.
3: I remember it was yellow. It was, like, a weird phone. I know exactly what you're talking cool. about. Yeah, see, he knows yeah. what I'm talking about.
0: I don't know because I don't remember a lot of my childhood. Neither does
3: Gage. It's fine.
1: I love walkie-talkies. I mean, well, he have them at work. And I've worked at this place for like five or six years. We never had them until the last year. And they make such a huge difference. I believe it's it. It's so funny. It's he so won't turn years. it off
0: sometimes when he comes back here. I know. And yeah. you'll
3: just hear, Yep. Yeah, I know. I live
1: like 30 feet away
3: from my house.
0: <laughs> and Stella will be like, Who's that? <laughs> <laughs>
3: All right. Uh, they bought these walk specifically for that person purpose. To get a hold of each other when yes. he
0: was off doing Craigslist. No, just to talk to each other. Okay. They were like best friends. Okay. Oh, yes, oh, yes, yes, yes. So yes, yes. cute. So, yeah. We should best get friends. those. Yeah. Oh my, no, we're, we're, best, we're, best, we're friends. best friends. We're best friends. We're best friends. Fuck. You guys can get them. You and Aaron.
3: Kill. Cool. Okay. Um, right. if Ma, who yeah. was divorced, could pick up and <laughs> start a new life, why couldn't Polly?
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and the Craigslist job sounded perfect. $300 a week, rent, free place to live, would solve Polly's problems. On top of that, his brother, an ex Navy man who was always pestering Polly to cut his long hair before dropping reviews. With a gig like this, who would care if he had long hair? The cattle? Polly sat down and wrote the email yes, to Jack.
0: The cattle are very particular.
3: Well, about me. I'm 51 years young. <laughs> Single male. <laughs> CEO
0: billionaire.
3: I love the outdoors. I currently live in Virginia and have visited Ohio, and I really love the state. Being out there by myself. Would not would not bother me as I like to be alone. Perfect. I own my own pickup truck, so hauling would not be a problem. I can fix most anything with my carpentry tools. If I ch- if I was chosen, I would work hard and take care of your place, treat it like my own. I also have a friend in Rocky River, Ohio. Thank you, David.
2: I feel like he took like two thirds of that and also used it on dating
3: apps. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I can fix anything you 51 need. 51 years young. Oh, yeah, he my kept that pro definitely
1: mentions my carpentry tools. Yeah, yeah. and being
3: 51 <laughs> years young. Yes, yes. I just hate when people say their age and uh, 21 years young. Like, just say. <laughs> that's Doesn't how the, old like, you the are. Little,
0: like bubble down by your name say how old you are? Yeah. You don't need to tell me twice. That's right. About on Craigslist. Oh well, we're not talking about Craigslist. Not everything's about Craigslist during this Craigslist killer episode. <laughs>
3: A few days later, (laughs) Polly got an email back from Jack saying that he had narrowed his list down to three candidates, and you are one of three. Jack asked his usual questions. Polly married, had he been arrested, and told him that if he was chosen, he'd have to start immediately. Richard remembers his youngest brother being energized in a way he hadn't seen in months a stretching. Um, Polly called Jack several times to see whether there was anything else he could do to help him decide. Jack promised that he'd call by 2pm on Friday, and Polly waited by the phone. When 2 o'clock came around and went, he told his brother, well, I guess the other person got chosen over me.
0: Good. You don't want to go there.
3: But early that evening, the phone rang. When Polly got on the line, Richard recalls his whole face lit up. I got it. I got the job. This is so sad.
0: (laughs) He's gonna die. (laughs) No, I got it. I got die. the job. The other guy didn't die. This
3: guy. This is a different guy. <laughs> <laughs> this guy no. died. Thought this was all about
1: the first guy. No. no. Oh
3: no. He yelled as yeah. soon as he hung up. The he first, p-
0: the first guy who took the Craigslist, who no, got the no, Craigslist no. job. That
3: sucks. He immediately called his friend Mall on the walkie talkies and started oh. talking a mile a minute. Oh, my God. Oh. He swore that this was the best thing that ever happened to him and said he couldn't wait to pack up and go. To Mal's surprise, surprise, he'd found himself in tears. For the past few years, Me he'd too. been so worried about Polly, who he'd always called his brother with a different last name.
0: You're my brother with a different last name. Love
3: that.
1: You too, Aaron. You're my. It was
0: like maybe this. It was like maybe this was the turning point.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> maybe this was the turning point, and things are finally going to go the right way. They made promises to each other that on Polly's first weekend in Ohio, after settling in, Maul would bring down his hot rod and they would drive the empty country roads. They'd go putt puttin'. Next, Polly called his twin sister, Deb, who lives in Maine. She told him that she hated the thought of him sitting alone on some farm for Christmas and made a promise that he'd visit her for the holidays. He told her that his new boss was a preacher and that... He felt like the Lord was finally pointing him towards a place where he might find peace. I'm sorry, maybe I wasn't paying attention, but when did it say that Jack was a preacher? Mm. Um, it, he found himself um like a uh what say like a roadside preacher. Like he just he fancied himself mm, as many. okay. That week, Polly went on to the men's Bible study he'd been attending since he moved into Richard's house. For weeks, he'd been praying and never won the lottery, get a girlfriend, always had study work.
0: He kept praying for those things.
3: That's what I said. Never ah. to win the lottery or get a girlfriend, always for study work. So, like, he, he didn't pray for frivolous for things, work. just for work. Okay. Finally, God had answered his prayers, he felt. The church gave Polly $300 from its Helping Hands Fund so he could rent a U Haul trailer. Aww. Packed up all of his stuff his model trains, his books, his DVDs, his posters, his Christmas lights, his small box containing his ashes of his old cat, Maxwell. Oh, my God. And he hit the road. <laughs> <laughs> Leave the cat. Leave it. Polly arrived at the Red Roof Inn in Parksburg, West Virginia on the night of Saturday, October 22nd, 2011. Seems like it wasn't that long ago, 2011.
0: Oh my god, this was in 2011. Yeah, I guess it it's Craigslist. Yeah, <laughs> That's not long ago. We it's... were, we were like 14. Yeah.
3: But... I just moved here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're not from Washington? No, I'm
3: actually from California. Wow. It was not far from Marietta, Ohio, where he was supposed to meet his employer at Bob Evans in, for morning breakfast. That must be what the restaurant was called or something. He called his sister, who told her him that she loved him, and said to call back the next day. Then, just before going to bed, he called up mall, who told him, good luck. As soon as you're done talking to them tomorrow, let me know and give me the exact location so I can come out Saturday and we can hang out. Nice. Give him the exact location before you go <laughs>
0: out, so if you don't hear from him... You know where to go look for your friend. The exact location doesn't actually exist, though. That's the problem.
3: Shut up. (laughs) The next day came and went with no call from Polly. Oh. Oh. Maul tried him on the walkie-talkie, but there was no response. He then called Richard and got the number for Polly's new employer, Jack, who came to reach on his cell phone. Yes, everything was all right, Jack told Maul. He just left Polly with a list of chores. He said he would pass on the message when he saw him the next day. But a few more days came and went without a call, and Molly. Maul had dialed Jack again. This time, Jack said that he'd showed up at the farm that day, Polly had packed up all of his things in the truck, and said he was leaving. Apparently, he'd met some guy in town who was headed to Pennsylvania for work on a drilling rig, and he decided to follow him there.
1: Oh, yeah, that sounds way better than, I
3: wonder than, like, if, like,
0: farm life,
3: people, killers, just, like, write down a whole
0: bunch of random like, stories for their victims, and they're, like, if this person calls about them, this is what I'm gonna say. Probably. They went to Pennsylvania.
2: Mm. It doesn't seem like this guy's thing could last that long, because he has this whole trail of the Craigslist ads and all this stuff right. that it yes. right back it, to him, it, it, you know? Yeah. Totally.
0: Everything's traceable,
3: yes. There was no way Maul thought to himself that Polly would just take off for, Venzi- for Pennsylvania without telling him. The two men had been best friends since high school, and when they bonded over their mutual distaste for sports and love of cars... Over the years, they'd moved to different cities, gotten married, gotten divorced, but they still stayed constantly in touch. They kept their walkie-talkies on their bedside tables and called each other before they even got up to brush their teeth in the morning. Shut
0: up, they're old men (laughs) best friends.
3: (laughs) They talked, by Paul's, Maul's estimate, about 50 times a day. Most people couldn't figure out how we had so much to talk about. I
0: feel like that's more than best friends. Yeah. A little bit more than best
3: friends. But there's always something. But after Polly reached Ohio, nothing. Early in November... About two weeks after he'd last spoken to Polly, Mall called his friend's twin sister Deb. He, she hadn't heard from him either, and was also worried—a habit she'd honed over a lifetime. When she, she and her brother, her brother. <laughs> when she and her brother were fourteen, their mother had emphysema, and since their father had left the family and their older siblings were already out of the house, Deb quit school and became David's mother. Basically, years his later, twin sister. Yeah, that's gross. Years later, she moved to Maine with her second husband and Polly stayed in Norfolk, but the twin bond remained strong. By the time she received the concerned phone call from Maul, Dev had already spent several days sitting with her laptop at the kitchen table, looking for clues to explain why she hadn't heard from her brother. <clears throat> she had made a list of places to call, the motel, the U-Haul rental, but she'd learned nothing from any of them. It wasn't until Friday night, nearly three weeks later, Polly had, after Polly had left for Ohio, that she remembered something else. Um, Cambridge, the town where he said he, the farm was located. She typed in the name to Google and found the local paper. She scrolled through their pages and landed on this headline. Man says he was Lord here for work, then shot. So that was the man that we talked about earlier. So
0: was he, Jack, doing this pretty quickly? Like, he'd shoot one man. Seems like it. And then be like, ah, oh, the spot's open. Mm-hmm. So this was three
1: weeks after the first guy went missing, right? Right. Yeah. So, so that's yeah. pretty
0: quick.
3: Yeah. Okay. Um, there was no mention of the man's name, but there was one detail that sounded familiar. He'd been hired to work on the 688-acre ranch. The article cited the Noble County Sheriff Stephen Hunman, Deb, called his office right away. After picking up Scott Davis five days earlier, Hunman and his team had been following up on the strange story, but not all that urgently. They had had Davis's explanation about the Craigslist ad and located the security camera footage from the breakfast meeting that morning with his employers but deb's phone call lit a fire under hunman's investigation she told jason Mackey, a detective that polly had talked to his friend maul 50 times a day and then suddenly stopped although no one said it explicitly it sound like drop off meant a missing person and in turn there might be a body the next day a saturday the sheriff's office called the fbi um they called the fbi um to help with the information about who had written the craigslist ad They also sent a crew with cadaver dogs to the backwoods where Davis had been shot. One FBI agent would later recall that the torrential downpour that day and the sound of coyotes howling. A few hours before dark, the investigators found a patch of disturbed soil overlaid with tree branches. They began digging with their hands. Until they found blood seeping from the wet earth, Ah. and a soaked foot appeared. Ah. The body they discovered was face down, and one of the items was removed was a corded black leather bracelet with a silver clasp. Mackie telephoned Deb and described the bracelet. It was her brother's. The investigators also found a second grave. This one was empty. It later had been found out that it was meant for Davis.
4: Oh
3: my god. Now the investigators knew they were looking for a murderer. By early the this next guy week. Only
0: killed one person?
3: Right, but attempted. The attempted other guy. another? Yeah.
0: Okay, okay, okay.
3: By early the next week, they had identified the man in the breakfast meeting footage as a local named Richard Beasley.
0: So not Jack? He tricked us all along.
2: He said his name was Jack.
0: He was never Jack. He,
3: well, he was Rancher.
2: This was his biggest crime. Speaking
3: <laughs> of Wade I... from my old work, a guy named Richard Beardsley. Also worked with me.
0: I thought it was Jack all along. <laughs> Heartbroken. used <laughs> <Yes>. fake <Yeah.
3: laughs> Additionally, the cybercrime specialist had received enough information from the Craigslist to trace the IP address uh, to a computer to a small house in Akron, Akron, Akron. I think it's Akron. On, Akron. on a, a Akron. lot of
0: acres with towels Oh no!
3: When the investigators arrived at the house. Its occupant, Joe Bias, said he'd never written any ads on Craigslist, and he didn't know anyone named Richard Beasley or Jack.
0: Also oh, he used a fake address as well?
3: Sounds like it. Okay. But when they showed him a picture, he recognized the man, who called himself Jack. Even though he just said he didn't know anyone named Jack. Oh, but he no, recognized he, the man.
0: He, di- he said he didn't know a Richard, but he recognized the man as Jack.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes. No. No. He didn't know anyone named Richard Beasley or Jack, but when they showed him a picture, they recognized, he recognized the man who called himself Jack. So he recognized the man, but...
0: Didn't recognize him as Jack. It
3: was someone he knew as Ralph. Ralph? Who had recently rented a room from Another name? Yeah. Oh, God. Who had recently rented a room from him for $100 a week. Real nice guy, he would recall. No. Um, he didn't exactly. cuss, he didn't smoke, he didn't drink. First Sunday. I'm sorry,
0: it makes you nice if you don't cuss or smoke or drink. That I makes guess. you a nice person? I am. We are not nice people. Who's?
1: I am. Wait, fuck, no, I'm not. <laughs>
3: <laughs> on November 16th, an FBI SWAT team arrested the man outside another Akron house, Akron house, where he had hey, been renting on. a room after leaving Base's place. The suspect's name was, in fact, Richard Beasley, although investigators didn't know it yet.
0: It wasn't Ralph?
3: Ralph Greger was the name of his first victim.
0: <gasps>
3: Whoa! I like that collective gas. <laughs> Sneaky but, minx.
1: <laughs> wait, so there's a third guy now. Ralph yes. is a third victim. Yes. Okay. Who was actually the first victim. Yes. Oh,
3: no. Was Jack
0: another victim, or was that just a name he pulled out of his ass? We don't know yet.
3: Okay. <laughs> tracking down the teenager who had been with Beasley slash Jack we're gonna call him Jack okay when he drove to Ralph? yeah
2: okay Todd? <laughs> was there a Beasley? Todd? the murderer
3: we're gonna call the murderer Jack okay when he drove down Scott Davis' into the woods <clears throat>
0: They tracked down the teenager. Tracking down
3: the teenager who had been with Beasley slash Jack when he drove Scott Davis out into the woods proved easier. Just as Jack had said, his name was Brogan. Brogan. Brogan Rafferty, to be exact. He mm-hmm. was a junior.
2: Brogan was his real name? Yeah. So
0: Brogan didn't get a fake name, even though Brogan sounds like a fucking fake name. Right.
2: Brogan sounds like, <laughs> like, fake- I'm just name. trying to think of someone who's <laughs> like, Brogan.
0: Brogan? My name is Brogan, but let me, let me just disguise it a little
3: bit. Bro? Brogan! <laughs> right.
1: And not even just Brogan, but Brogan Rafferty? Yep. Rafferty. Rafferty that's not a real name.
3: Uh, he was a junior. Hmm. A detective oh, and an agent.
1: junior? Okay, that's a real name. Yeah. Okay.
3: <laughs> <laughs> they drove to the school and interviewed him in the principal's office while another set of investigators searched his house. Rafferty later told his mother that before he left for school that day, he'd found out a girl he liked and kissed her, even though her boyfriend was nearby. What? He had been worried that he'd never see her or anyone else from his high school again. He was right to worry. That evening, police arrived with a warrant and taken him into custody. He yeah,
0: was going down, down.
3: Richard Beasley, A.K.A. Jack, was born in 1959 and raised in Akron, uh, primarily by his mother, who worked as a secretary. So he was
0: fifty-ish.
3: Okay.
0: Were you getting there? Too bad. I got there before you. (laughs)
3: Uh, His mother worked as a secretary at the local high school, and his stepfather. He was. He was briefly married and had a daughter, Tanya, who was about Rafferty's age. Over the years. He worked as a machinist, but his job record was interpreted by spells in jail. Interrupted by spells in jail. Oh,
4: dang it.
3: He served from 1985 to 1990 in a Texas prison on burglary charges. started in 1996, another seven years in federal prison for firearms offense. He went to trial in 2011 on the Craigslist murders. The photo favored by newspapers made him look deranged. It really does. His wild eyebrows and hair and crumpled mouth. During the trial, he had white—he um, had his white hair combed, his beard trimmed. He almost looked like Santa Claus, especially when he smiled.
1: I love Santa Claus. That's what I thought I remembered about this guy. He looks like Santa. Yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah. <sighs> I found him, don't worry. In the mid-2000s, a dump truck hit Beasley's car and he suffered a head, chest, and spinal injury. He had recently returned to Akron from federal prison where he told everyone he'd found God and began spending a lot of time at the local mega church called a chapel. Uh-huh. After the accident, he started talking. He started taking opiates for his back and neck pain and stopped working steadily.
1: That's a good. good combo there. Sound like yep.
3: Brogan Rafferty's father, Michael, who knew Beasley from the local motorcycle circuit, told me, the investigator, that even before the car wreck, Beasley had been lazy. And was just known as someone who was always a little bit of an Lazy. angle going on. Like a scam artist. Ah. People in their motorcycle clubs knew Beasley, um, and he had a criminal record. But to Michael Rafferty, he seemed harmless.
0: Was he just killing people to get their shit? Maybe.
3: <laughs> to sell it, maybe?
2: So it seems like. their Harleys.
3: Yeah um he'd never seen beasley once lose his temper in over 20 years beasley didn't drink or smoke much he had spent a lot of his free time at the chapel where he went to bible study and worked in the soup kitchen so when at the age of eight brogan rafferty said he wanted to start going to church on sundays his dad said it was okay for him to go with beasley it was only church after all yikes
0: Yikes. church isn't i guess the
3: best and michael rafferty was a single parent He hated waking up early on Sundays. Same. For the next eight years, Beasley was a regular presence in the Rafferty house on Sundays, coming by early to get the young... charge? (laughs) Who had been waiting in the slightly rumpled suit. Sometimes, when he took Rafferty to church, Beasley would bring along his daughter, Tanya, or Rafferty's half-sister, Raina, who was three years younger. Um, Rafferty's mother, Yvette, was a crack addict who didn't have custody of her four children and was barely around. Beasley was a mentor to Raina and her brother. Raina recalls, after Bible study, he'd sneak them leftover donuts or take them to McDonald's and talk to them about the importance of school and danger of drugs.
0: That sounds like, uh, Grooming. Grooming.
3: hmm Very much. Around 2009, Beasley founded what he told his friends was a halfway house. To help reformed addicts, runaways, prostitutes. And other people who needed help, Beasley would cruise the streets of Akron at night, picking up strays and bringing them back to the house. If they were in trouble with the law, he would vouch for them in court, saying that they turned their lives over to Christ. A few times, Rafferty asked Beasley whether they could go out and look for his mother Yvette, who Rafferty always worried was in trouble. But there was another side to Beasley and his halfway house. Amy Saller, who later described herself on the witness stand as at Rafferty's trial as a former crack addict and prostitute, lived at the house off and on for more than two years, from 2009 to 2011. Beasley had picked her up one night, and she came to stay with him because he told her his mission was to save all the girls that are on the streets. Mm -hmm. I pictured him as a savior, somebody that was trying to help me. There were four or five other prostitutes in the house, Saler recalled, and Beasley got them all cell phones. Soon, instead of being their savior, he became their pimp. Mm Mm-hmm. He began advertising their services online and driving them to meet Johns. Saler said that Beasley would do anything in his power to keep the girls at the house, including buying them drugs. Saler said she never saw Beasley get violent, although she added that he was. she was nonetheless afraid of him.
0: You don't have to get
3: violent to be abusive. No. Or have someone be afraid of you. Yes. Yeah. In February of 2011, Beasley was arrested in Ohio on Variety of Drug Charges... And while he was in prison, investigators were building a prostitution case against him. He was released on bond in mid-July. But after he failed to check in with authorities in Texas, where he was still on parole for earlier crimes, the state issued a warrant for his arrest, and he was deemed on the run from the law. Beasley wanted to disappear. Mm -hmm. The key, he realized, would would be to assume a new identity. It wasn't long before he came up with the idea... Whereas, once he had preyed on prostitutes, now his new target would be a new class of vulnerable citizens drifting through the margins of society. Right Unemployed, middle-aged white man. Woo-woo. One week after arresting Brogan, investigators made a deal with their 16-year-old suspect. If he agreed to testify Beasley against Beasley, he would only be charged with complacency to murder and attempted murder. Respectively, in the cases of David Pauly and Scott Davis, he would not be charged with the two other homicides that had now been uncovered. Later, Rafferty would back out of the deal, but the plea deal interview was recorded, and the judge allowed it to be played. (laughs) There is nothing to do.
0: (laughs) Dumbass. The
3: story Rafferty told began in the first week of August when Beasley told Rafferty that he was on the run from the law. He was determined to not go back to jail, and he suggested to Rafferty that he needs his help to survive. So Rafferty knew Beasley from long long before his prostitute charges, mm-hmm. and then knew him, and when he changed his name, he was like, yeah, I'll help you. The first thing Beasley wanted was a new identity. He began hanging around the local homeless shelter searching for someone who looked like him. <laughs> Smart. Just needed an old Santa Claus. Yeah. He had now wait till Christmas. Yeah. He had now come up with the perfect lure for the male victim in a post-recession America. He would present himself as a beneficent but exacting employer, one with the power to alter a man's fortunes by granting him the job of a lifetime as his caretaker of a sprawling farm. It wasn't long before Beasley met a man named Ralph Grieger, who had run a thriving maintenance business, but for whom jobs had gradually dried up. Gregor was 56 and was staying at the shelter looking for work. Weasley told him about the caretaker job he'd invented. Gregor, who lived on the farm when he was younger, leapt the opportunity. Rafferty remembers Beasley quizzing Gregor about his size and appearance. How much do you weigh? You look like me a lot, except your hair is a bit darker. Whether Rafferty knew that Beasley intended to kill Gregor would later become a key point in the teenager's trial, as he told different versions of his story at different times his plea deal confession rafferty told the investigators that beasley said that he would need a new identity and that this guy looked similar to him and said that he later needed to somehow murder him later though rafferty would tell the jury that he had no idea what was coming and the first time he realized that beasley was anything other than a very nice man was on august 9th when they drove gregor to the same wooded spot where they would later taken david polly and scott davis after they got out of the car beasley raised the pistol and shot gregor in the back of the head it was as if somehow I immediately slipped into a dream or something, like I had ice in my veins. From then on, Rafferty said he lived in a state of fear and panic, terrified that Beasley would kill his mother or his sister if he told anyone what had happened.
0: Yeah. That's a young, vulnerable age. Like, yeah, he, he was a junior, but still, your brain's not fully developed.
3: And this and man, he had known him had since he was, like, nine.
0: Yeah, that's crazy.
3: He was just scared, and he didn't see a way out, Rafferty's father said. Heroes aren't born at 16. Rafferty didn't tell anyone about Gregor's murder, but he did describe it in a poem dated August 16, 2011, that was later found on his hard drive, titled Midnight Shift. We took him out to the woods on a humid summer's night. I walked in front of them. They were going back to the car. I didn't turn around. A loud crack echoed, and I didn't hear a thud. The two of us went back to the car for the shovels. He was still there when we returned. He threw the clothes in a garbage bag along with personal items. I dug the hole. I reached my wa- It reached my waist when I was in it, maybe four feet wide. We put him in with difficulty. They called them stiffs for a reason. We showered him with lime like this satanic baptism. It was like we were excommunicating him from the world. Mm. I thought there were extra dirt, but he wasn't a small man. There wasn't. <laughs> I don't know how. We drove out of there, discarding the evidence as we went. I felt terrible until I threw up in the gas station bathroom where I was supposed to throw away the bullets and shells. I emptied myself of my guilt with my dinner, but not for long. When I got home, I took a shower hotter than hell itself. I prayed like hell that night. This poor kid. It says that Rafferty then grew moody that fall, according to his parents and friends, but they figured it was just hormones or girl trouble. He later told his mom that after homecoming, while the other kids were having fun, all he could think about was crashing his Buick that his dad bought him so that he could join Graham Rita, his beloved grandmother who had died a few years earlier. This poor kid. He didn't wreck the car. Um, he just stayed in his room and waited for Beasley to call. Beasley then dyed his hair brown and went f- and found a room to rent. He went to the doctor to get a prescription for painkillers for the injuries he'd sustained in the car accident in September. He landed a job as a quality inspector at a company that made lift gates for trucks, but it didn't last long. Beasley's back still hurt, and he became worried that the parole officers would somehow catch on to him. Instead of trolling the shelters, as he'd done to find Gregor, Beasley came up with the strategy of placing a Craigslist ad. After all, he didn't want his victims to be completely down and out. <laughs> the
0: He wanted to get shit from them.
3: He needed men on the margins, yes, but not so marginal that they didn't have possessions worth killing for. Mm-hmm. A truck, a TV, a commuter, or even a motorcycle. The Pot pot! Yeah. On Sunday, October 23rd, as David Pauly was driving his U-Haul full of stuff to the breakfast meeting... Rafferty woke up early, fed his cats, tidied his room, and told his father he was headed out for the job, digging drain ditches. I love you, Dad, he said as he left. Before they left, Beasley pulled a $20 from out from underneath a nearby rock. If it was gone by the by the time they came back, he'd known someone had been there, um, by the spot that they were buried. Sorry. Oh, okay. After breakfast with Polly, Beasley and his new hire followed him to the Emporium, the food mart. Uh, and parked his truck and trailer, told Polly the same story about the road, and on the subsequent drive-in in in the Buick, Polly asked about the job. Beasley told him not to worry. You get an honest day's pay for an honest day's work. When they pulled over to the nearby creek, Beasley asked Rafferty and Polly to follow him up the hill, but Rafferty said he had gone to the bathroom. And then as I finished and turned around, Rafferty told investigators, I heard the crack, and Polly was laying face down. Mm.
0: Back so, in, this kid is just spilling his guts.
3: Yeah. Okay. Well, because he had struck that deal. Right. Yeah. Back in Akron, Ak- Akron Beasley began to improvise. <laughs> He'd heard from a friend about the reality TV show Storage Wars, in which people bid on abandoned storage units. Beasley told people he was involved in that kind of thing because when he began to unload Polly's stuff, he returned to U Haul, sold Polly's truck for $1,000, and sold the belongings to a neighbor, or flea markets. The poly money quickly dwindled, but Beasley wasn't all that concerned. He already had a still better victim lined up in Scott Davis. So he already had his next victim lined right.
0: up. He, like, li- lied or didn't mind, said there was three other options. Mm-hmm. So he was just ready.
3: Yeah. Beasley told his landlord that he had won a bid on the fantastic storage unit that contained a flat-screen TV and a computer um, and some long care equipment. Best of all, a Harley. He told Rafferty that he thought he could get $30,000 on this kill, enough for him to make it through the winter. But Beasley's moment of anticipated triumph, his gun jammed. He got away, Beasley said, breathing hard as he climbed into the back of a Buick. If they saw Davis along the road, Rafferty told the investigators, I was to hit him with my car, but that did not they didn't find him, so they headed back to the highway. Beasley started madly tossing things out of the car, shovels, jackets, air freshener, even his own laptop. Davis made it to the police. He didn't want the Buick to easily be identified. Rafferty went along, but he refused to toss out rosary beads hanging from the rearview mirror as they were a gift from his grandma. Following the botched murder, like Davis's, you'd think Beasley would lie low, but he'd been counting on the haul and now had fallen through. He recklessly pursued another, though police were already talking with Davis and beginning to track down leads. They didn't move quick enough. Beasley's fourth and final victim. On Sunday, November 13th, Exactly a week after the attempted on Davis, Beasley and Rafferty picked up a man named Timothy Kern in the parking lot where he'd spent the night sleeping in his car. Kern was from Akron area, 47, divorced. He'd recently lost his job. Beasley had a mental inventory of the items he thought Kern was bringing with him, and he'd almost as soon as they got into Rafferty's Buick, Beasley began questioning him. Did he have a laptop that he mentioned? Kern said no. He left it behind with his sons. The flat screen TV, same story his son said it. Instead, Kern brought an old TV. Apart from that, he just had a couple garbage bags full of clothes, cassette tapes, which easily fit in the back of Rafferty's car.
0: What a disappointment.
3: Hmm? What a disappointment. Oh, yeah. Shoot. I get a half pit in my stomach, Rafferty said, because as the story goes on, I'm realizing that I'm about to help easily do this for no reason at all. Not that I even wanted to, but it takes, like, all the minimal sanity and reason out of doing this. It would be like a lion killed a zebra just to kill. The man, Not to
0: eat,
3: yeah. Yeah, the man literally, I think, had $5 in his pocket.
0: What was the point? You could have just let him go, say we gave the job to someone else. Right.
3: Um, in his emails to Jack, Kern described himself as single, available for immediately relocation, but hadn't said much about his sons. Now, the truth is, Kern was ambivalent about his caretaker job he'd been offered. He described it on Facebook as a good offer, but with its drawbacks. Kern and his ex-wife had been divorced since 1997, and his sons were 19 and 17. But Kern made it a point to see him every single day. But he didn't tell Rafferty that. To see his kids? hmm Rafferty knew that they weren't taking Kern to the same spot where they shot Gregor, Polly, and Davis. Not even Beasley was that crazy, Instead, their destination was a narrow wooded area behind a mall on the western edge of Akron, where Beasley had Rafferty dig a grave the night before. He'd done a sloppy job, barely two feet, and uneven. It was Sunday, and the mall was empty. Locals referred to the place as a dead mall because every store had gone out of business during the recession. Kind of like our mall. (laughs) (laughs) They parked, and Beasley told Kern that they had been there squirrel hunting earlier, and he lost his watch. Kern followed Beasley (laughs) into the woods behind, where they littered... It was littered with plastic cups, beer cans from a party. Rafferty kept his distance, and he told investigators he heard a pop and then saw Kurt on his knees holding the side of his head. He kept taking enormous gulps of air. Three shots later, he was still gulping. Um, The fifth and final shot, he had stopped. That night, Nick tried to call his dad and got no answer, but he figured he was just getting settled. Then a couple of days went by, and Nick started to get worried. So Nick was one of the sons. Mm -hmm. I called him like 2,000 times because he would contact us every hour of every day and now he's not calling us. The next Sunday, a week later, he was at a friend's house watching a football game when his mom called and told him to come home immediately. She had something to tell him. Tell me now, he was screaming on the phone. I knew because that would be the only explanation for him not calling us. Rafferty's lawyers wondered whether Beasley and the boy had a sexual relationship. Rafferty's dad had always wondered that too. How else would you explain a bond so intense that it led Rafferty to pick up a shovel and dig four graves? Rafferty just yeah. rolled his eyes when, yeah, when his dad asked him, and he said it wasn't like that at all. The real explanation is much less complicated. Michael represented an old version, an old vision of fatherhood, strict, manly, and reliable, working the early shift to put the food on the table, but coming home worn and agitated. Beasley, by contrast, was no such parental obligations, was free to represent a newer in some way more appealing version. Expressive, loving, always around to listen and give advice. It was easy for Beasley to be a hero to Rafferty, and less lesser degree to Reyna and the other kids at the church. He did what they their distracted, overworked, somewhat traumatizing parents couldn't do. Which was really connect with this. In November twenty twelve, a jury convicted Brogan Rafferty of two dozen criminal counts, including murder, robbery, and kidnapping. The judge told Rafferty that he had been dealt a lousy hand in life and that he embraced the evil and sentenced him to life without parole the boy mm-hmm. oh in april of 2013 he richard he was
0: just so young though i know he was being manipulated and groomed imagine and... what you
1: would do if you were 16 and a family friend that you look up to as a father figure you've
0: known your whole life
1: yeah ask like, you come to take help this whole commit a murder against yeah. him like it's n- i don't know
0: put you in a weird spot
1: yeah, there'd be like one. It'd be like, yeah, I want to help this person that I know, that I'm really close to, and I've known them so, I know them so well. They must have good. They must have had a good reason. Right, they'll never then want I, to hurt me. Yeah, and the other part would be, no, the fear wrong. of if you say no, what's going to happen to you? Right, um, that'd be a scary situation.
3: April 2013, Richard Beasley was also convicted of murder and was sentenced to death. Throughout his trial, he maintained his innocence. In his letters to his father now, Rafferty sometimes sounds like a kid and sometimes just like a damaged man. I'm sorry I left my room a mess when I left. I'm sorry, disgracing you in the family name. Mm-hmm. He wrote from jail. He reads books from the library straight out of high school curriculum, The Grapes of Wrath, Catcher in the Rye. Um, he identifies with all the All quiet on the Western Front, he wrote, because his life in prison is like war. Each man fights his own battle and an invisible enemy.
0: He had to grow up so quickly.
3: Mostly, though, his letters are full of longing for his family, for his dad and his half-sisters, his dog Whiskey, and his cats. Um, his mom, his grandma, his grandpa, all the Rafferty's. they had an old Irish clan with a coat of arms hanging in the living room. Rafferty draws the coat of arms, sometimes in prison, along with two tattoos he wants to get. That is all I have. Sorry it was so long. it's
0: okay. I mean, we knew what we were getting into. I don't know if Sorry knew what he was getting into. No, that's alright. But... D- that case is a I lot. I just like the
3: way that she wrote it. Yeah. It seemed uh, more like a story, you know? Yeah.
0: Yes, yeah. No, it was really good. And I, I've heard that case before, but it's always nice to rehear. hear yeah. some of those cases. I yeah. get a lot of cases mixed up because I've heard something. Same, same. But yeah, I just, so I can't perfect. imagine to be, like, being that boy, like Alex said. No. And, like, this man you've looked up to your whole life. Like has groomed you and is now using you, and you have to pay the consequences of it because you yeah. thought what you were doing was right, or you thought what you were doing was helping him, or. But now you pay the price.
3: Yeah, for the rest of your life.
0: Did um, you said he was sentenced to life. Did he die in prison? Not Rafferty,
3: but he was sentenced to death. He was killed. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. In 2013. Do mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. you know how? No. Huh. Probably,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think any... When
0: you said he was sentenced to death, I almost said, what state? <laughs> Ohio? That state. Um, well, I think this will be our longest episode.
3: If yet. you've been with us this far, thank you. Thank
0: you. Um, we, we,
3: we promise to try and not to do one this long again. Yeah.
0: I think our next episode will be a mini-episode because... Shout out to Martha, we have now gotten a suggestion, so we're gonna do a mini episode, she's gonna pick out the drink, and it's gonna be short, probably out on like a third stay or a Friday, uh, we're very excited to film that, f- record that, um, and then Alex, where are we going after Ohio? Oh shoot, I didn't even think about it. I you mean, didn't do your on like one maps. thing of, of homework. <laughs> um, so it's like West Virginia or Pennsylvania, well, or Kentucky. we can go back, Illinois?
1: Illinois does not sort of like What about Iowa? <laughs> We're gonna go
0: to
3: Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania.
0: Yeah. Okay, well we'll go to Pennsylvania next.
3: Um, follow us at on Instagram at ABC underscore murder underscore pod.
0: If you have suggestions, comments, um, if you want to give us a story, um, wanna do a mini episode, send in your complaints. Um, you can email all of those to abcmurderpod at gmail.com and we will go over those. Um, but I don't think we have anything else. I'm tired. I am tired. You read a lot. I am sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I liked it. No, I could Aaron just and <laughs> Yeah, Aaron is that sorry. Is D is asleep. <laughs> we had fun with our special
3: guests. Um, hopefully he had some fun.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did prepare some Ohio facts within the five minutes before.
0: Oh, did you want to say one? Oh, say no, one! Ohio facts? We can, we can say throw one. throw
2: a few out.
0: Yeah, yeah. I yeah. didn't know I didn't that. Sorry, little little Ohio it. facts yeah. because Aaron prepared them and we didn't know that. You should have so told cute. us. <laughs>
2: well, I was going to find the right moment to throw it in. You could have adopted oh. oh. any of us this at this any time. This will be uh, a lighter, lighter fare here. Yeah. There
0: you go. Alex's Notes 2.0.
2: Here we go. So, I learned the world's largest horseshoe crab sculpture is in Blan- Blanster? Blanchester.
0: Maybe we should go to the horseshoe sculpture. Uh,
2: more than 55 <laughs> feet long. Crab. Oh. named Crabby. Of oh, course. It's so. fitting. You know that? And uh, they screen movies and people get married in there. Inside in inside the crab. Can we get married what?
0: there? Sure. I'm gonna go watch a
2: movie. <laughs> I'll, I'll show these people some some pictures of these it. People. A, these we people, <laughs> yeah. If you we'll send them, it
0: on the if Instagram. you send them to Mackenzie, yeah, yeah. then they can end up on the Instagram. <laughs>
2: uh, um, let's see some some fun Ohio, Ohio laws. Mm-hmm. Um, it's illegal yeah. for more than five women to live in one house in Ohio. Why? that's all.
0: Lesbians? I, they
2: might team be. up and they could overthrow the patriarchy. Loose morals. Loose morals. Speaking of loose morals, women are prohibited from wearing patent leather shoes in public in Ohio. Oh. I wear leather and, shoes want Anyone want to guess, anyone wanna guess why? No. Because why? Because they're whores. No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> why?
1: That's why the
2: so that, person rule exists. The, so that men can't see reflections of the women's underwear in their shoes. <laughs>
1: Obviously. Wow.
3: Gross. That's so That has to be a log? Yeah, men are nasty.
1: Did that really happen? I wear leather. Apparently.
2: shoes would have to be so
1: shiny.
3: But they're not very shiny.
2: Apparently, patent leather. there' was enough. One wow. guy was like, "I can see something. I don't like it. Got to make it illegal." I like
0: it too much. <laughs> Got to make it illegal.
2: Yeah, so I kind of went down Just a little. Uh,
0: it's not that hard.
2: <laughs> Other than that, I kind of went down a little roadside attraction rabbit hole. Um, so. <laughs>
0: Cornhenge?
2: No, not Cornhenge. Fuck. But the largest, snake most comprehensive collection of historical contraceptives in the world <laughs> is in the Dietrich Museum of Medical History in Cleveland. Oh. So add that to your, to your, your travel list to to for Cleveland. List. And the one I'm most excited about, there is a permanent... Things swallowed display ah. at the Allen County Museum in Lima. Ew, I like that. It I like had that. Features things that have been swallowed and retrieved by doctors, including buttons, thumbtacks, bones, coins, dentures, and other things.
0: Send that to McKenzie huh. so I know other about things. it. Oh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, things. That's that's basically what I got. Exactly. I love it. I, I, Thank I, you I, for I doing that. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you. I, know you did that. Yeah. I love it. Good work. Uh,
0: I'm happy he he involved himself in this. Yes! Um,
3: I don't think we have anything else. I don't think so.
1: No, we're setting you free. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.
3: Bye. Fuck this song. There, <laughs> some
1: of them are so hard to get the melody right. <laughs> Ready?
4: Ohio! Beautiful Ohio! Hi-yo. Hi-yo. Oh, hi-yo. Oh, hi-yo.
1: Oh, Ohio, you oh. Ohio, 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 Ohio,
4: Ohio. You This thing was like red.